John, is there is nothing sacred? Is everything just fucking about efficiency? Anyway. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the TMNT Shellcast. This is a recap of Season 3, Episode 16, The Four Musketurtles. And I am your host for this episode, John, and with me are my brothers, Andrew. Andrew, how are you? Doing good. Doing great. Nice. And Chris, how are you? I am also great, and I am excited, very excited for this episode. Really? Yeah, wow. this is a big episode for me, personally. <laughs> Interesting. Well, this is episode number 34 of the Team and T Shellcast, the Randy Johnson episode. A lot, there's a lot uh, of number 34s. Did you look that up? Because I did. Not the one that comes to mind. I think of 51 when I think of Randy Johnson. I looked up quickly. It's also the the David Ortiz episode, the there Paul Pierce yeah. episode, if you will. Yeah, the truth. The Roy Halliday. There's a lot. R.I.P. Roy Halliday. Yeah, R.I.P. Uh, so Chris is excited for this episode. I should say it's called the Four Musketurtles, and I would put emphasis on turd. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It was a good. It was a decent episode. I was. We'll get into it, but um, we have a lot in store for everyone this episode. There's a... Andrew, what's the opposite of a reptile? Opposite of a reptile? I don't know. Is there opposite of a species? I don't know how that works. I don't know. Is this a joke? Or is this a... No. No, because for the, the reptile draft, yeah. I, I know where John's say, going with it. Yeah, I'm just going to... It's it's an anti anti-reptile draft, if you will. Um, there's going to be a little game we'll play for some power up pizza, power up distributions. So get excited for that. Uh, we'll get into the, the pizza poll, but first, before we get into it, we'll do a little pizza time. Pizza time. So Andrew, you had the misfortune of getting another loss in the pizza poll and you ended up spinning what? So I spun cheese which for all the fans at home will say, why didn't John or Chris use a power-up to uh, give me something a little more interesting? Uh, I don't know why, but I got cheese. They let me skate by with cheese, um, which I was actually excited about because I've talked about a lot of my mishaps on like my anchovy pizzas and how nobody in Idaho apparently makes anchovy pizza, um, meatball even, believe it or not. Domino's doesn't do meatball pizza. So I had to go with Papa John's, which was underwhelming. Um, so I got to go with my go-to, what I consider some of the best pizza here locally in Idaho, Grimaldi's brick oven pizza. So let me get a little photo up or image up, go over to the YouTube to check it out. Every pizza time we show you the slice. So this is uh, Grimaldi's pizza. I'll get into what exactly it is uh, in a second. But head on over to YouTube, check it out. Um, go ahead, Chris. I was going to say Grimaldi's sounds like a pizza place you'd find in Hogwarts. 
It does. It's supposed to be, I think, like New York style brick oven pizza. I think it is a chain or has multiple locations at least. So consider a chain. Um, this pizza, Quattro Formaggio or Formaggi. Um, can you guys guess which four cheeses are on this bad boy? Well, mozzarella? Yes. Uh, fucking John takes the easy one. Um, maybe a little regatta? No, actually, Chris. There is no ricotta on this bad boy. How about a little parm? Yep. Parm's on there. Yeah. I was going to say Romano, maybe. Yeah, Pecorino Romano. So that's three. A sheep's cheese. Wow. And uh, cheddar. Nope. No cheddar. I'll give it to you. There's actually five. I don't know why they call it the Quattro uh, when there's five, but Asiago, which is a great cheese, and uh, Gorgonzola. Mm. So technically Quite five cheeses on this. Cheeses. Yeah, five cheeses on this bad boy. Uh, I'll give you a little back of the... Hopefully my green screen's okay uh-huh. with this one. See little specks of coal or whatever, brick oven on there. Um, but anyway, Grimaldi's out there trying to get... Go ahead, Chris. I was going to say shout out to the Price Chopper Asiago bagel. Yeah, which, great bagel. Is that the one Andrew cut his hand slicing? I don't know. I will say as Andrew takes a bite here, the reason I didn't use a respin was because Andrew's been eating a lot of pizza, so I wanted to give him a victory here. But I'm enjoying yeah. a nice pizza on a Sunday. That pizza does look delicious. Yeah. Ooh, he's doing the crust bite. Yeah. Wow, look at that. Oh. Look at those, all five of those cheeses. Yeah. Wow. Ooh, see Wow, it's like ghost ghost cheese. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, I appreciate not using a power-up on me because this cheese pizza is phenomenal. A couple of things I got to say, though. If you like sauce, you don't want the Quattro Formaggio because this is truly like just a straight-up cheese pizza um so crust five cheeses a little garnish or basil on one of the slices um overall though delicious fucking exactly what i wanted in a cheese all cheese pizza what will i price it you ask uh great question john i'm gonna go who see this is tough because i'm also a pizza purist um Hmm. I like cheese, but I like sauce typically. This is usually my But is sauce a traditional pizza? Isn't real pizza sauceless? Or uh, wasn't real pizza only sauce? I can't remember. Wow. <laughs> Who knows? I, I honestly don't know, but uh, I'm going to give this bad boy an 8.09. dollars and nine cents. Um, so B minus, if you will, why? Because the cheese is just phenomenal. Like it's not overpowering. Like the gorgonzola scared me a little bit. Honestly, when I saw that on the list, I was like, shit, because gorgonzola can be intense, but it's like the perfect balance all around. So bravo Grimaldi's. I've been trying to feature you for a while here. Uh, finally got it done, uh, and very happy with it. And what's that? You asked Chris, I have a little bonus here. So not only... Not only did I go um, the Quattro Formaggi che- uh, cheese pizza, I did a little tiramisu here. Oh, yeah. Wow. Notably full of cheese tiramisu. 
uh, delicious looking. Marscapone cheese. Yeah. So, I mean, when I see tiramisu, I got to go for it. I left two thirds to my wife um, and just took a little sliver here. I'm going to do one of these bad boys. Tiramisu, rum soaked lady fingers. Is it rum or is it? Yeah, it's coffee. Espresso. Coffee and rum. Espresso. Yeah, I'll I'll read you. Is it rum or is it amaretto? Well, let me tell you, Chris. It is on this one, this version, this iteration, uh, is espresso-soaked ladyfingers layered with sweet mascarpone finished with a dusting of cocoa powder. Mm. They probably can't put booze in because it's a pizza place. Yeah. Yeah, I remember the tiramisu. Very good. Um, And as Andrew eats that in less than a bite, that was impressive. I went to a new restaurant this um, Friday evening and got a little deep dish pizza. Ooh, Chris, you, I thought you fact, went to Chicago. Yeah. Did Chris you thought I went it? to Chicago. Did Where's you tweet Andrew? it, John? I did not tweet it. I texted it. I figured someone would tweet it. Yeah. In my defense, somebody, none of us had the photo of the pizza. But in my defense, I come in mid-text conversation, and people are just talking about deep dish and coming out there. What am I supposed to think? <laughs> so I was misled. Yeah, well, uh, I give that tiramisu a tiramisu is not my favorite, but that I will say is pretty run of the mill. So I'm going to give it a seven dollars and fifty one cents mm. for the tiramisu. I'm more of a cheesecake nice. guy. The start so. of Vinny's dessert menu. Yeah, you can add John's cool. cocoa puff pizza to it. <laughs> Perfect um, tent. I did want to mention too a couple milestones um, for the pod here uh that happened this last week number one we've reached a thousand views on youtube so i mentioned the youtube uh, a few minutes ago thousand views uh how does that compare to spotify you ask uh it's about half of the viewership so we're nearing 2000 streams on spotify uh, but the youtube is has been good also notable 200 streams for episode number one turtle wow. turtle tracks um, so we hit the two, 200 milestone. I think we're actually like closer to 220 now. And then we have achieved a hundred streams each for the trailer and for the bonus episode, mutant mayhem edition. Wow. So pretty, pretty good. Uh, in addition, again, I, you know, I don't want to get too deep into it, but we've been talking about the hot streak, which we are rightfully or wrongfully attributing to Toronto Dave. Um, but it has continued. So last week, um, I hosted episode 30, what, 33, Take Me to Your Leader, 76 streams this last week. Um, so that keeps the hot treat going with the good luck. So I just want to say thank you to all the listeners. Thank you to all the watchers. And I'll hand it back over to John. Yes. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Um. And while you're here and on on the YouTube watching or listening on your favorite podcast platform, just a reminder, check out our social medias at TMNT Showcast everywhere that you might be on social media except for threads because we're still not sure if that's still going on. Chris, do we know if that's still happening in, I, life in general? I think Twitter is on the comeback and threads gone, so... Threads is dead. I'm saying it right now. Wow. The bold claim. 
from the social media man himself. Yeah, the word on the street is it's called deads now. <laughs> <laughs> Dead threads. All right, anything? Chris says he's excited for this episode. Anything Anything to, before we kick this puppy off? No, let's do it. All right, let's get into it. This episode recap. So episode 16 of season three, The Four Musketurtles, we open. There is a Mardi Gras parade that's going on in New York City. And April is reporting on the festivities for Channel 6 News. She's decked out in some 17th century regalia. And we learn that everyone is in costume out in public. And did you guys happen to notice any of the costumes in the background here? There was the skeleton. Yeah. Did anyone else notice the skeleton? Andrew? Yeah. A legitimate skeleton. No, I noticed a guy <laughs> with just a bucket on his head. Later, yeah. But. There was a skeleton with no, he was just bones, a real live skeleton standing in the background. And there was a turtle back there too. If you guys caught guy in a, it looks like a mix between a Ninja turtle and the crooked turtle gang. Uh, costume. I yeah, I guess I like Mardi Gras. One is there a Mardi Gras parade in New York that's like famous? And is it like costume wear? Like what's going on here? Yeah, that was my big question mark right off the bat. Is Mardi Gras in New York City? Question mark. And is Mardi Gras a costume festival? I know it's a big party thing, know. but I didn't think it was like Halloween. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, this episode aired at the end of September. So it's like fall-ish festivities. But Chris, I believe your favorite medieval helmet style is the bucket with the slits in the eyes that this guy was wearing. Yes, the great helm for all the medieval nerds out there. Yeah. Which to me... That wasn't a great helm. That was just a bucket. That guy was a bucket head. You know what he reminded me of? The toe jam and Earl box, naked box guy running around. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Classic from Very Toe Jim nice. and Earl 2, Pentagon Funkatron. Um, yeah, you got to shout that out. Mikey calls April Babe. Did you guys catch that? Yeah, it does. And, I mean, we, we are talking about cartoons here, but April doesn't look too bad as a brunette. I'm just going to float that out there. Sure. Cleavage is out of control in this costume. Yeah, a little little overdone. A lot of little overdone. April's hot, John. What are you going to do? It's hot girl summer, so <laughs> shout out April. Shout out Meg the Stallion. Maybe we can get her on as a guest at some point. April and Meg. But yeah, so April's reporting. Um, everyone's in costume, which allows the turtles to be out in the public just as their normal selves because everyone thinks that they're in a costume. And so convincing, in fact, that Vernon um, basically thinks that the turtles are just in costume and starts to make fun of them, asking where they got such a costume. And they sort of jab back at him that his mask is ugly and he slowly realizes that they're making fun of his looks. But I will say this is clearly, whether it exists in real life or not, but this parade is clearly important because we have the entire Channel 6 news staff in the field. Oh, yeah. Burn is calling the shots from some sort of tent. Vern is, I don't know what Vern's doing. I guess filming for now, and then April lead reporter in the field. So, yeah, and Irma, right? Is Irma in this scene yet or no? She's there, uh, but I think she's yeah. just like helping out, not really doing anything. Yeah, yeah I yeah. was definitely surprised to see Burn on the street. I mean, he 
rarely is actually in the field. We did see, uh, what episode was it that he was out and about? That where his that's where Don Tertelli. Yeah, Don Tertelli. Yeah, yeah. The the tickle feet episode in the aliens. Um, so that was the only other time we've seen him outside of the office. I feel like. Yeah. Yes. So we we learned that April, her costume, as I mentioned, is a 17th century queen. And she's dressed like that because recently she's been um, reading The Three Musketeers. And she's so obsessed with this tale that she gives the book to Leo for him to read. And he really takes that to heart. Uh, We also learn in this scene, we have another substitute voice for Donatello. Unfortunately, Andrew's I think least favorite, most hated substitute voice. Trash. Just straight up trash. So not great. Feels like you got the B team whenever you got to substitute him, but they're doing what they're doing. So they're reporting the turtles get the three musketeers book and then burn basically calls his channel 16 because they need to go and do a quick hit report at Pfeiffer jewelry. And Chris, what, is the story with Pfeiffer Jewelry. The story with Pfeiffer Jewelry is that they have the Star of Brazil, I think they call it, which is a fancy gemstone, looks like a ruby, um, on display. Yes. Fucking another goddamn crystal episode here. Yeah. They call it the Star of Brazil Diamond, so it's a red diamond, which is maybe inaccurate, but yes. Very multifaceted, if you will, literally. Just this thing was cut like nobody's fucking business. But yeah, yeah, big red ruby. Yeah, and it seems to kind of change size as we go on with the episode. I want to just point that out here because it looks huge in this initial scene. And then later on, we'll see maybe it's not so big or maybe it's even bigger than we thought. So maybe a shape-shifting yeah. diamond, if you will. I thought it was, when they showed it initially, I thought it was fucking enormous. Yeah. It had its yeah. own pillow and its own display window. Yeah. Like, it was. At least as big as a baseball. It was kind of like, or it's like a softball size is what I was thinking. Yeah. So as April's reporting, lo and behold, Crane and Shredder and the goon squad are watching this news report from the Technodrome. And I will say, I'm a fan of the Technodrome music. The the music that they play anytime we go to the Technodrome oh, yeah. just tickles my fancy. Yeah, and it, I think they're still doing the cutaway shot where it's like subterranean, like kind of cave, like lava-esque. So it's also that pan shot plus the music is hard to beat, hard to beat. Yeah. So Krang does a quick analysis on the, dim- the Star of Brazil diamond and comes to the realization that it is in fact not a diamond, but it is impervium, which is a lost element of Dimension X. And so we get a quick flashback as Krang's telling a story, uh, the origin of this impervium. So the Krangs, I'm just going to put it there, where there's three of them. One of them had a white mustache, so we assume that's Father Krang. <laughs> They're trying, and it, we learned that they were, for whatever reason, they're trying to teleport the only impervium element in Dimension X to Earth. I don't know, maybe to test the portal or do something, but they teleport and they could never find where it went. But they've now found it. 
Yeah, this is big. I'm a Krang guy. This is big Krang backstory, which we'll go through it kind of step by step, but seems to contradict an earlier Krang origin story where he was an overlord and had this body and then, you know, I think one of the first few episodes they said he got banished to Earth and was left as only a brain. So here in Dimension X, they're all in bubble walkers and he just seems to be some schlep scientist guy. Do we know yeah. if it was him that was doing it though? I think you have it's to assume he was, was the guy a, on the left. Just crane lore. It's a, it's a good question. I thought he was on the left. I don't, I mean, I've seen this episode before. I don't remember that happening. So I was actually ecstatic that we get a little bit more of the backstory um, because in the comics and some of the other canon, there is, um, or some of the other media, there are a species of Krang, essentially. Um, so we're seeing here there's, there's at least multiple. And Chris, I don't know, did Krang ever mention that when he was banished, he just became a brain? Or was that something that you thought or put together as like your backstory? Because I don't I think specifically they, remember him calling that out. I thought they said that he, like they took his body from him. So I just interpreted that as he oh, was something like a else. Physical body versus yeah, like a, a android body. Okay. Yeah, it yeah. was the episode where uh Trag and Granitor come for the first time. Cause he's embarrassed about it. Yeah. Well, it is a good point though. Like, why would they be sending this impervium to Earth if it's the only because they, they claim it's the hardest known substance in the entire galaxy. So And it's the only one that they yeah. had in Dimension X. Yeah, and N of one, and they're just messing around with it. So maybe that's part of what got him banished because he fucked that up real bad. Probably yeah. makes sense. It's a terrible mistake to make. Which it also just like the crane was interested in Earth. They were interested in Earth previously, right? So they knew it existed, and. They were trying to, I don't know, trying to make a connection with it somehow or send this element to it. Who knows? Yeah. Hard to say. Uh, question I have is, do you guys know what the hardest substance on Earth is? Naturally no. occurring substance? Diamond? Probably not, but I have no idea. Yeah, it is a diamond, Chris, in fact. Well done. Well, nothing, well done. so nothing can scratch a diamond. Is that the idea? I mean, I guess, but it's the hardest no, substance. Cut, so. We cut, we cut diamonds, so that's not true. What do you cut diamonds with? Other diamonds? I actually don't know what they cut them with, or if it's like water jet. Like what I know you serious? can create, you can create probably higher forces, but the strongest naturally occurring substance is a diamond. So that's why well, they Andrew, do whatever they use isn't natural. Yeah. yeah. For this episode, the hardest, as you had mentioned, substance is impervium, which we will learn can be used to make weapons, the most destructive weapons or shields ever. So it's very important. Crane wants this impervium. And so he commands Shredder to get it, and Shredder delegates this important task to bebop and rock steady and he shoots them to earth surface through a transport module 
So they leave. Krang, as I mentioned, says the element, if they're able to get this element and use a force field generator, no weapon will be able to penetrate this force field and Krang will be all powerful and basically dominate Earth because he can never be harmed. Yeah, and this is where I was like, Krang is fucking back, baby, because he's got a sinister plan and he's going behind Shredder's back. Because he tells, you know, they tell Bebop and Rocksteady to get it. And then Krang is kind of talking to himself. And he says, what Shredder doesn't know is that once I get this, I'm going to be unstoppable. So, yeah, this is, yeah. we've had a rough go with Krang the last couple episodes. He's fucking back, baby. Yeah, quite villainous. I give him a plus one on the BPR um, currently. And I think it is... It's much needed, in fact, because Krang has really been, to your point, Chris, kind of sidelined for a while here. Even in the episodes he's active, he's not really a major player. So I like I like Krang double-crossing Shredder like right out of the gate with the force field generator. So we'll yeah. see how it plays out. Yeah. yeah, and you know once his crazy laugh gets going that Krang's in the zone. Yeah, his so eyes were... laughing at his own jokes. Yeah, and his eyes were very purple. Like, I know they, they usually are, very purple. Yeah. Maybe Krang smoking a little ganja. <laughs> smoking maybe the that down in the fucking dimension. It. Maybe just have a little purple drink. <laughs> Too much nightquel. So we leave the Technodrome. We go to the sewer, the turtles layer, and they're eating pizza. And we learn they're eating grape jelly pizza, which kind of sounds not too bad. If I'm being honest, a little sweet, a little savory. So they're eating grape jelly pizza. Leo, in the meantime, is reading the Three Musketeers as the nerd that he is. Or the, I shouldn't say nerd, more of the bookworm. Yeah, bookworm. I don't know. He sees this book. Maybe he's crushing on April a little bit, so he wants to read it. The other turtles are giving him shit, though, because he's trying to, like, talk about it, and the turtles basically throw pizza at him. He complains a little bit to Splinter, and Splinter's like, hey, it takes time. It took time for the Three Musketeers to become popular and well-liked, and that sort of clicks with Leo. And he's like, man, if we can just become like the four, the Three Musketeers, maybe people will start to respect us, right? So he calls up April and asks if she has any costumes that mimic the Three Musketeers that the Turtles would be able to use. And she says, yeah, I think we do. Let me go check the closet. Splinter clearly has a favorite, like a, a pet favorite turtle, and it's Leo. Because even Splinter is like into the Three Musketeers thing, and I feel like I have not seen him even have a book or even reference a book. He's always just like kind of quoting his sage wisdom or you know philosophical thoughts. Um, but I thought it was funny that Leo, you know, being the leader, goes. You know, we didn't have him as a leader last episode, so. He, it's kind of interesting to see him go right to Splinter for uh, reassurance and Splinter kind of give that to him. And we'll talk a little bit more about Splinter and Leo's engagement for the rest of the episode as we get to it. But um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to think about it. I'm glad Leo's back, but he kind of fell right back into his stereotypical spot. Yeah, like. he's kind of like a little whiny bitch move, to be honest. Like I, yeah. He's my favorite, and it was actually fun. I was watching this episode, and when he was reading the book, I was like, oh. I can, I like to read, I can relate to that. 
And then the second he gets made fun of, he goes to Splinter. Like, come on. <laughs> I know. You know, just take your home. take your drubbing for a second. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he did have a rough last episode, though. So I can't True. fault him too much because he, you know, his head, he's maybe not 100% back in his normal headspace. Yeah. Yeah. So we got a lot to talk about the Three Musketeers. And that kind of got some candy on the brain. So we're going to launch in to our first segment here. But... It is not what you both think that it is. So this is the surprise segment here, and this will be the pizza power-up distribution. So we'll have a little bit of a player select candy bar edition. Let's kick shout. Here are the rules. It's quite easy. There are 16, count them, one six pictures of candy bars that I will present here shortly. You will alternate guessing what the candy bar is based on the picture and each they increase in difficulty and depending on the difficulty you'll see in the top left corner of what i present there will be a reward for guessing it correct now i'm thinking of a number between one and 100 chris you will guess you will both guess what the number is. The person who is closer will be the victor. Chris, you can go first. And you will pick first if you win. 50. Andrew? <laughs> 75. The number I picked was one. So, Chris. Uh. <laughs> You, you should have gone first. 49 or 51 would have been your best odds. But yeah, I'm excited. Uh, I guess that's true. I don't know why John I just will, didn't say one or one or two like I did last time. Yeah. Well, yeah, I want to make it a little more exciting. <laughs> so, Chris, I will ask that you please keep track of who gets answers correct and what you get. Does that work? Yeah, just tell me what each person gets if they get it right, and I'll enter. Yeah, you'll see what they get. So, okay. Chris, you are picking first, and we're going to do a little informal, you know, five, ten second uh, here, but let me share this. This candy bar, you'll see in the top left, this is worth half of a respin. So, Chris, what candy bar is this? That is a Milky Way. That is incorrect. How wow. the fuck did you screw that up, Chris? That, that has Snickers <laughs> written all over it. There's no fucking peanuts in there. Look at the top. I can't see you any. can see the peanuts on the top. <laughs> no, that's the, the chocolate fucking drizzle. That's the lump. How do you get half a? How do you do half a respin, John? You can't half respin. Chris, there's like eight of these. So I know, but what if you half. only get half? You can't use then it. You, you got to get two to get full. Chris, okay. incorrect on that. Andrew. <laughs> I was so sure too. I was like, "This fucking joke, Andrew. This is yours." Oh, yeah, fucking! This blow is me. the Milky Way right here, baby. Milky Way. Did you get a fucking one? straight on shot? Come on. <laughs> Which? <laughs> hey, it's John's game, Chris. <laughs> Wait until yeah. it's your game. Uh, I want to say Milky Way used to be my favorite candy bar, not anymore. Milky Way is, is one of my favorites. I'm embarrassed. It's, I didn't get it. it. It's in fact inferior to a Snickers. That's that's the truth. Hmm. Okay. No. Andrew, you have half a respin. Chris, your candy bar is here. That's a three musketeers bar. 
That is correct. That is a three musketeer. So you yeah. have half a respin. That nougat can't fucking trick anyone right there. Yeah. Fluffy ass nougat in that three musketeers. John, are you still Andrew. a big three musketeers fan? No, not really. Because that used to be your go to. That and Butterfingers were like your fucking. Yeah. Hang your hat on those. I, bad I mean, ones. I still love a good Butterfinger, if I'm being honest. Can't, point. Teeth can't handle a Butterfinger. <laughs> okay. Uh, Andrew, this is your candy bar here. That's a Twix. That is a Twix. You are correct. That's It's a left Twix, in fact. Uh, TBD. We're not sure which one that is. But yes, that is a Twix. That gives Andrew a full respawn. Chris, your candy bar is here. <laughs> what the fuck is that? Can I steal this that bitch? No steals. <laughs> I'm fucking panicking. I don't know what that's a Reese's fast break bar. That that's is a baby root. Yeah. Oh <laughs> fuck. I didn't even I completely forgot about fucking baby roots. Unbelievable. I'm surprised you didn't say Snickers for that. You can clearly see the peanut. I don't think I've ever seen a baby Ruth cut in half. I didn't even know it had nougat in there. It's <laughs> <laughs> a baby Ruth Chris, you do not get a point. Andrew, your candy bar. Oh. That is an Almond Joy, which is inferior to amounts. I disagree wholeheartedly. The almond gives it a nice crunchy yeah. texture. Chris, your candy bar. <laughs> Fucking I'm scrambling. <laughs> that is a hundred grand bar. Yeah. Fucking delicious. That is a hundred grand. Is so good. One of the sleepers in a Halloween candy little fun size, like those are hard to yeah. beat. Grand. Yeah, the full size one of those is hard to get down. A fun size yeah. is almost preferable. Yeah. Yeah. The caramel center with the crispy rice outer coating. Fucking delicious. Delicious. So what is Chris, that was you. No, who was that? Andrew? Yeah. I have a full respin now. Andrew has 1.5. Okay. Andrew, this is yours. For a second respin here. Oh, it's a fucking payday, which is disgusting. That is a payday. Dog's like a fucking shit bar. Is that, is that an actual payday? That's the worst yeah, shot I've what ever they are. seen. They're terrible. One, a payday is like a poor man's baby Ruth. Like you get none of the good stuff. Like one time I actually yeah. got a payday by accident because I thought it was a baby Ruth because like the baby Ruth is, or used to be a white. I, I think it might be silver now. I can't remember. Yeah. But the payday is a white thing yeah. i think so i think i grabbed one by accident and took a bite before i even looked at it it's the most disappointing thing of my life <laughs> looks like so somebody bad. forgot to finish making it like they're <laughs> they got halfway through and the factory broke down they just <laughs> shipped them so bad so bad all right chris you again half a respin what is that that is a nestle crunch bar Upside that is down. In fact, a Nestle Crunch Bar. It's not even the right way up. Well, it says crunch on it if it's the right side up. So I couldn't. It could have been a could have been a crackle bar, John. Could have been. Could have been. Okay. So Chris, what does that give you? One point five respins. Okay. Andrew, your candy bar is here. That looks to me like a butterfinger. And that is in fact a butterfinger. 
<laughs> it's like that was taken in the same photo as Bigfoot. <laughs> blurry. So I believe that that is the end of the respins. So now we're getting into a little bit harder here. So what happens if we if you have two point five, you just get two. You just get two, yeah. All right, so I'll take the point fives off. Andrew, you have two. I got one. Okay, Chris, this is for a party pizza. What is that? Is that part of? Is the one underneath it part of it? That's a crackle yes. bar. That is a crackle bar. A little foreshadowing. Is that the way you spell crackle? It yeah. is. That looks fucking absurd. <clears throat> It really does. Like EL. Those are delicious, though. Better than a crunch bar, yeah. I think. I think so, too. Usually in the mini variety. but So, Chris, that's, that's a big one. Party pizza there. Andrew, your party pizza is here. Ooh. <laughs> wow. So, this looks like a Hershey's bar with fucking... It's... Uh, is this nut ra- no nutrageous? I'm gonna go with, but I don't think that's right. It's a Hershey with a uh, Mr. Good Bar. Yeah, I was Mr. gonna go Hershey's full, Bar the, with almonds. The rare, full size Mr. Good Bar, normally oh. seen in the fun size Halloween. Yeah, that's trash. It's a yellow. I do like the yellow um, label on it. I think is the way it looks. Um, yep, but it is trash. It's yeah. Isn't it peanuts in just a Hershey's bar? Yeah, yeah, trash, more or less. More Great or less. name, Mister Good Bar. Yeah, it is a Mister. You Good know what you get. Bar. All right, no party pizza for Andrew. Chris, your candy bar is here for a combo slice. <clears throat> mm. That is Charleston Chew. That is not a Charleston Chew. It is a whatchamacallit. I don't even know what the fuck that is. <laughs> is that even a, is that still a thing? Yeah. Yeah, I bought yeah. him one time for a stupid baby shower game. <laughs> they exist. Is that the diaper game? Yeah. What is that? What is even in there? Nougat and... Nougat. I think it's got a lot of stuff in it. Pretzel, maybe. Ooh, pretzel. Yeah. something. Uh, it has a whole lot of shit in there. That's for sure. Yeah. Andrew, your combo slice candy bar is here. Oh fuck! I know what these are, but I do I know what they are. These are Reese's sticks. I'm gonna call it. This is a Fifth oh, Avenue. Fifth bar, Avenue. Wow. Which is the competitor of the Butterfinger? Interesting. Quite good. Quite good, Chris. This is for this is the big Kahuna for you here. Oh boy! For a odds increase. this reminds me that uh, is calcified dog poo it's a zero bar that is the big hunk that's not an American candy (laughs) fucking big hunk it's like cream cheese (laughs) (laughs) yeah that reminds me of the um, was it Step Brothers yeah when they (laughs) the kids on the playground make him fucking lick the dog shit (laughs) That's what that looks like. And Andrew. I've never heard of a big hunk in my life. <laughs> Me either. That's why it's <laughs> worth the odds increase. Andrew, your odds increase 
Ugh. It's not even sliced all the way through. <laughs> oh, man. This looks, yeah, it just looks like a fucking l- lump of caramel. Um, I do I do think you will have eaten one of these in your life. So yeah, I know what this is, I think. I think I know what it is, too. These aren't. Um, God damn it. What is it called? A. S- Fucking sweet daddy or or uh, something like that. Sweet daddy, daddy, I don't know. Oh, bit of honey. Bit God, that's what a bit of honey. That's that's I a full bit bar. Of honey was yeah. That's a full what bit is, of honey. They they usually make them in the small. I've only seen them yes. in like the little small guys, like the individual pieces. Yeah. 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 Wow, Andrew, yeah. I know what you were thinking of. It was sugar daddy. That's what yeah, I was sugar daddy. Say. That's what I was thinking of. So a little, a little candy bar fun there. So to recap, Andrew walks away with two respins. I walk away with a respin and a party pizza. I know right. I have two party pizzas. All right. A lot of party pizzas out there. <clears throat> Could be eating a lot together. So fucking big hunk bar. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say the delta between the respin round and every other round was fucking like insane. Well, there's there's only so many uh, candy bars are somewhat easy. I had to make it difficult. I'm just saying. There was no Reese's on there at all. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, or any. I mean, it's so recognizable. It's a fucking. Is it though? Some people would say a Snickers could be a little tricky. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Chris, you fucked that up. Anyways, so that was player select candy bar edition. And now we will do the actual, the anti reptile draft anti-reptile draft because it is the we're drafting the worst candy holy shit we're going segment into another segment wow. oh yeah we're doing fucking never been done seggies here fucking jamming candy seggies. down our throats <laughs> all right yeah hope you hope you fucking have a toothbrush uh, all the listeners yeah. out there because this is a su- <laughs> sweet tooth episode yeah so this will be a three-round worst candy draft. And I didn't say candy bar because I wanted to broaden it a little bit to candy. We will go oldest to youngest here. Andrew, John, Chris. So, Andrew, you have the first overall pick. All right. This one's easy. It's candy buttons is the worst fucking candy. It is. What the fuck is a candy butt? Well, <laughs> you know I'm glad it you asked. It's, it's paper. That has dots of shitty candy like splotched on them. And you eat them off the paper. This is like probably from the early 1900s. It's old people <laughs> candy. Old people Am candy. Am I thinking of sucks. this is a different candy? I don't want to name it, but I feel like I'm thinking of a different candy that is that same thing. No, the, this is the this is sheets it. of multicolored dots on paper. Yeah. Yeah, it looks like re- like receipt paper, basically. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Correct. I just didn't. I thought those were something else. Then I agree, they suck. <laughs> it's so bad. Like it's the, any candy. Uh, Chris mentioned this on the last segment. Like it looks unfinished. That was like essentially they're in a factory and they're making these things. And they're like, shit, we can't get this candy to flip off this receipt paper. Let's just sell it like altogether. <laughs> that was their rationale, and like people 
liked it, I guess. I don't, I have no idea, but I always hated those things. I remember going, shout out Holland market. I remember going there and they used to sell those and like, I got them once or twice and it was the most disappointing thing because it doesn't come off the receipt paper easily and it's not even good tasting candy. It's like frosting. Like it's over. It's like you left frosting out for like 10 years and it's like terrible, terrible. So that's my pick. Yeah. You're also like licking paper. It's like, what the fuck is that about? Yeah. And like, how do you store that candy? Because you're not going to eat all those things in one go. No. Then you just have a roll of fucking candy sitting on the counter. Yeah. The best place to store them is in the trash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, candy buttons, that's that's a solid pick. I with my pick, I'm going Necco wafers. Mm. Which are antacids for the most part. They're just fucking chalk. I'm really not sure who likes them or why these are still manufactured and made. They come in like parchment they're sold in parchment paper i believe yeah yeah <laughs> when the first batch rolled off the assembly line that's what they were wrapping stuff in <laughs> yeah or wax paper it's it's unclear um yeah those sucked because like when you would get them in your halloween candy bag maybe you'd think they were smarties like obviously smarties are smaller but like or you think they're like yeah anything else and you go into it and the, for me anyway it would be like one of the last candies i would even consider eating because they're so bad like to john's point it's like taking those tums it's like a valentine's heart on fucking steroids oh yeah it's a great analogy it is that same wow. texture and flavor as the the shitty old school valentine's hearts yeah it's chalked us john's right it's like whatever's i don't know yeah you have heartburn and you don't have any tums available fucking eat an echo do you i just looked so i knew that neko wafers were made in new england in like I thought it was Somerville potentially, but it's right around Boston. Do you know what Neko stands for? No, New England Candy don't. Company, confectionery, New England Confectionery Company. It was first produced in 1847. John, did you even Most let me guess? I would have fucking nailed that. Then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm going Neko's. They're so bad. All right, you guys both had an open layup that you blew. The obvious number one pick is Circus Peanuts. The worst candy. I don't even know if you can call it a candy. They just suck. Whatever they're made of, I don't know. I've only eaten... I've used them more in school art projects than I have consumed them because they're basically an arts and crafts supply for if you're making a sell. So, Circus Peanuts, you know they're bad when you can get them in like two-for-one bags at the gas station. That's the only place they exist. So, Circus Peanuts are it. I was, so I was going to say I had circus pants on my list. The reason I didn't go number one is because you can get them two for one. So like somebody's buying them because they're still in gas stations in those value bags. Right. I've never seen anyone eat one. They are. They're always there. And I guess yeah. people are buying them. They're like a marshmallow that went stale. It's like we, they find honey in the ancient one. pyramids. This is marshmallow. Yeah. Not good. Great pick terrible like that they're also like a not it's not neon but they're like a really off color like different orange color that you just can't describe yeah it's like they were neon orange when they were made and they've just been sitting around so long they're sun sun, yeah they're sun faded because they're in those (laughs) clear bags yeah that's exactly what it is (laughs) they're probably made i mean all those candies are probably made by fucking neko like those shitty candy buttons circus peanuts and neko wafers they're just cranking out shit candies nobody likes 
Um, <laughs> all right, and then my second pick on the wraparound, I'm going Good and Plenty's. So I like black licorice. These things suck. I don't know what. I bought them maybe a month or so ago, a couple months ago, because I like black licorice and I hadn't had them in a while. I physically could not eat them. They were so bad. I don't know who buys these things. They're disgusting, right in the trash. So good and plenty is <laughs> awful. They're also like when you bite it, it's like the candy coating falls off. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> and you're left with it's, like, licorice. It's like a disguise, like a shitty villain in disguise, and he just pops yeah. out. Good, like no, s- plenty. Yeah, because nobody eats these fucking things. <laughs> they suck. Yeah. They're bad. They really are. I don't like black licorice. Like, I was never into it. And so good and plenty's are... You know, I'm not going to mention some of the other candies, but they're made by the same company that makes some other candies in that same box shape. And yeah. you're like, same thing. I'm digging through because do good and plenty's come in a fun size or I think so. They right? have smaller like, boxes. Yeah. Yeah. So like you feel that box and you think it's something else and then you pull it out and you're like, oh, fucking black licorice. Candy. I just like, like give it to dad. <laughs> it's not even like I like black licorice that they were so bad that I thought something was wrong with the box that I had. Like, I thought it was spoiled. It tasted rotten. So, I don't know what it is, because I like black licorice. Those things are just, ugh. Yeah. No, and they're white and purple? Yeah. Yeah, but the and like yeah, pretty, but inside, they're like a really dense black licorice. Like, you know, pill. Yeah. Death pill. Yeah. Yeah, no one's buying those. That's pretty good. My second pick, I'm going with... Dots. Dots. Oh, that's a mistake, John. That's a mistake. They get fucking stuck in your teeth. I've never enjoyed a dot in my life. The you seem to like some other candies that get stuck. I Not do. mention them, but you're Milk a proponent. Dots. I fucking love yeah. them. But dots are like, you take a bite and it's just like, the. F- I just really don't like dots. I hate them. So I They're literally, always stuck in a box. I had, I got one of those little variety candy packs. I'm not going to say the other ones in there. It had dots. Surprisingly delicious. I forgot how good yeah. dots were. They're del- very they fruity, good fruit flavor. Yeah. yeah. So John, you couldn't you couldn't be more wrong here because dots are delicious. No, I hate dots. I love them. Love them. Bad pick, John. Bad pick. But I'll make up for it. Don't worry, guys. Um, with my second pick, there's a lot of options here, and I tried not to do. I try not to just do all old candy because like a lot of old candy sucks. It's just, that's a fact. Um, but <laughs> this one is undeniable. So I got to, I got to do this one next. The wax Coke bottles. That candy is trash because you're legitimately eating wax. And then it has the grossest tasting. Like most of them are like the colored fruit flavored ones. They also make yeah. the brown version, but like it's a neon red thing that you're drinking i don't know what's in there it doesn't taste very good but then you have to chew on that wax for like three minutes afterwards um, i don't think yeah, you're supposed the to eat the wax that? i think you bite the cap off and then you drink it and then you throw the wax away well maybe but <laughs> clearly if if uh it's unclear i think it is edible but i don't think it's like i don't think you're supposed to eat that well those were on my list though they suck don't like them don't do like them whether or not I'm supposed to eat them. Oh, yeah, they absolutely do. Really? Wow. Yeah. Most of the time I see them in um, when you go like either at a mall or 
some sort of tourist place where they have those big candy shops where you can go in and get like saltwater taffy or whatever the fuck you yep. want to eat. Um, they're usually in there cause they have like the classic candy section. You have all the shitty like circus peanuts, that stuff, mm. candy buttons, all that. So dots. Yeah. Stuff. Trash, trash, wax, Coke bottles, cola bottles, whatever you want to call them. So with my last pick, this is a tough one because there is a candy on here that I want to say, but I'm going to go with a personal personal one just to mix it up because I went two old school candies, so I got to switch it up. Banana Laffy Taffy. Love it. Terrible. Maybe the worst banana flavored candy there is outside of possibly banana runs, which I also despise. No runs was on a list, <laughs> but <laughs> banana Laffy Taffy. It really ruins Laffy Taffy for me in general, because you usually get like the variety pack where it's straw. Is it strawberry? The red one lime banana. I won't buy Laffy Taffy anymore because there's a chance I'm going to get banana in there and I just can't do it. So I fucking Adios. love ban- banana. Laffy I like banana. My favorite. Even a banana freeze pop fucking sign me up. I just, yeah. the fake banana flavor, <laughs> I, my body just rejects. I can't do it. I don't like it. It, you know, like some people are super tasters and for like other things that banana, I just, it's just steamrolls you. Yeah. And I, it is, it has steamrolled me so much. In fact, that I now just like real bananas because of the fake banana mm-hmm. candy. Like I just can't do it anymore. I can't do it. There is a point where a real banana gets a little, just a little too ripe, and you get that weird. You can like taste the gas coming off of it when you eat it. Not <laughs> great. I recently, yeah, I, I had a b- banana that was pretty bruised. And I started to like cut off the bruise part and then I like cut the banana in half. I'm like, is this just what the middle of a banana looks like? And I started freaking myself out. <laughs> what is and it? Cavendish? Scared, is it Cavendish bananas? Yeah. You should watch the Freakonomics episode on bananas and how like essentially bananas are, the banana industry is ripe for what happened in Ireland with potatoes. Like, we put all our eggs in the Cavendish banana basket and like there's a chance it could be fucking wiped out if, if the right little fungus or disease comes around. I'd be devastated because I fucking love bananas. So, so I, I do believe that before the Cavendish, there was another species of banana that got wiped out by that fungus, Andrew. And so like people in the 50s were eating different banana. They weren't eating a Cavendish. Yeah, I don't like the Cavendish. I'm just going to throw that out there. I haven't had, I don't think I've had any other kind, but I'm well, selling they say that banana. banana in general. That banana, the fake banana flavor is closer to the banana that's now extinct from the 50s. So you wouldn't Yeah, I should liked. say too, the bananas that are on the island of Bora Bora, if you it just picture in your head what a tropical banana would taste like, that's exactly what these bananas taste like. They were great. Nice. So, and so speaking of bananas, bananas in pajamas. Shout out John. Bananas in pajamas. Be one coming down the stairs. I think I saw that recently. It's like psycho. It's like craziness. Like 
weird if you watch those again. Yeah, yeah probably like, two giant bananas. Yeah, kind of like yeah. Gumby, like the old. If you go back and watch like the old Gumby episodes and how fucking weird that is. Yeah, trippy. Yeah. yeah. So acid, too much yeah, acid. Back in the 70s. That's a bad pick. I'm just gonna put it out there. Worse than dots. Well, you can redeem yourself here, John. Yeah, what's your pick, John? Yeah, so um, I got a lot on here. I'm going to go, and I believe that we have all had these. They usually oh, appear. are you going to take? I don't, I don't think you are. I don't think you do know. I'm going with the Mary Janes. I don't know what that which is. Which are, Google a picture quick. You'll know what it is. It is, it's like if, a caramel If I Google candy. Mary Jane, I'm not getting candy. That's, yeah. Yeah. Do Mary Jane candy. It is like the hardest. Like you t- think milk duds get stuck in your teeth. Mary Jane. Oh yeah. Yeah. Those suck. fucking will break your tooth. Yeah. They're peanut butter flavor. Taffy's dad loves those. Yeah. And uh, it's basically a bit of honey, but instead of honey, it's peanut butter flavored. Yeah. It's, you know, we talked a lot about imperfume. I've never heard the hardest of elements. Mary Jane's seen the them, hardest though. candy. You've definitely oh, guess who them. makes these, John? Neko. Neko. Yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of Neko hate on here. I've never yeah, even heard Mary of these Jeans. things. Huh. You never had one? <clears throat> I've never even seen them or heard of them or anything. All right. You guys blew a couple more layups. Andrew had said runs. That was on my list. If you want to crack a tooth, a runt is great for that. No. But runs are... No. I do think... My pick... Sp- good. Good. No, good. I was just going to speak in a runs. I think they changed them mm-hmm. away from the shapes of the candy and now they're just all balls. I just want Why is everyone fucking there. doing that? Tricks is bullshit. Because it's, le- it's just easier to manufacture. Yeah, I know. To switch between. But, John, is, there, is nothing sacred? Is everything just fucking about efficiency? Anyway, the correct answer for my third pick, Boston baked beans, the candy. You guys all had these as a kid. They come in a box. I don't know what they are. I'm pretty sure they're just hard beans covered in chocolate because they taste like garbage. <laughs> I don't know if they're a regional thing, but Boston baked beans. I don't know who the fuck's coming. A little red things. box. Yeah, it's like little brick. They look. The box looks like it was designed in 1930, which is probably when all I the think, candy was made. Uh, 1924, like and it is a crunchy candy coated peanut. Yes, that's what I knew. It was a peanut. Fucking delicious. No, they don't taste like peanuts. Aren't they red? They taste like beans. Yeah. Or are they brown? They taste like beans. I hope so. <laughs> yeah, it's, it says right on the Boston Big Beans candy coated peanuts. Who makes those things? It's got to be Neko. Ferrara Pan. Ferrara. Ferrara. Mm-hmm. It's like the fancy Ferrara Rocher, right? I like those Boston baked beans. No, nobody likes those. I'd be surprised I said I did. Anymore. No. <laughs> when was the last time you had one? You're just saying that to counter my argument. No, I don't know. Probably 15 years ago. I don't yeah, know if I've so ever much. actually eaten one. Like just the name Boston Baked Beans and candy. Like I think I just I refuse out of principle to actually eat it. Yeah. And the Halloween candy uh, exchange rate, those are fucking worthless. It's like the Zimbabwe, like $10 million bill that just means nothing. <laughs> all right so andrew you want to recap quick what you picked sure john i'll uh first pick candy buttons candy on receipt paper if anyone's not familiar uh number two i went with i don't even remember 
wax Coke bottles. Oh yeah, wax. I, d- I deleted from my list. Wax Coke bottles. Um, apparently, I might be eating that candy wrong, so that might be on me. <laughs> Hand up for that one. Uh, and then uh, with my third pick, I went with banana Laffy Taffy because it sucks. Yes, and mine. I went Necco wafers, dots, and Mary James. And Chris, what did you go? I went circus peanuts, good and plenty, and Boston baked beans. So, props to me. Only modern candy mentioned. Just floating that out there. Uh, number two, I've got honorable mentions, so I'm sure you guys do too. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to get into them. Go. All right. Uh, Chris, the other box that sucks like a good and plenty is hot tamales. Yeah. Oh, or, hot tamales. Andrew, do you remember these? Because I... Got these confused with hot tamales. Red hot dollars. Yeah, they were circular. They were kind of yeah, like quite um, spicy. What are the fruit ones that are like dots, but they come in a circle? Juju beans. Juju. Juju. Juju something, right? Yeah, no. juju beans. Yeah. Or tutti. They're juju something. Juju yeah. clusters or something. Juju but fruits. It was, it was that, yeah. Juju fruits. It's that's the same it shape, essentially, but it was just hot instead of like fruity. And any, I don't like, yes. again, John liked big red gum. Yeah. As a kid, he would stick the wrapper to his forehead because somebody t- told Which him Which is like that. a crazy thing that it burns you. How is that allowed? Yeah. Fucks the FDA on that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's probably why it got discontinued, right? Wrigley just fucking... Did it? Put, put, I don't know. I've never no, seen that. Because you're getting I, chemical burns from gum wrappers. Who knows? But anyway, that I'm not also not a fan of that cinnamon, just like I'm not a fan of the fake banana. So um, I had that. Yeah, you like Dr. Pepper. I equate Big Red and Dr. Pepper. To be the same. No. What world is cinnamon spicy? By the way, why? Why is it? It's like cinnamon. It's got a cinnamon flavor, and it's burning your mouth. That makes no sense. Yeah, <laughs> that's a big. Uh, I'm not going to go down this rabbit hole, but I was buying spices last year from um, the Spice House, and I was reading. <laughs> Sounds like I went, a made up place. I went down this rabbit spices. hole. <laughs> yeah, I went down this rabbit hole of cinnamon because you're right, Chris. Real cinnamon, or even. Uh, cinnamon's a whole like species of tree bark, but and there's different types. But I don't know where or when cinnamon was associated with spice. It's just like rye bread or rye itself is not a truly spicy grain. It's the caraway seed that's included in pumpernickel or rye bread that people associate with spice. So anytime it's, it's, there's rye, people just anticipate it's going to be spicy. So people think rye bread is spicy. Or like there's a white people yeah, bite to it. Like, yeah, a bite, whatever you want to call it. So sure. um anyway, hot tamales suck. Any of those fake cinnamon things suck. Uh candy necklaces. I was gonna put it on there because they're so hard to eat. Like I like I don't mind the candy, but the vehicle for which I need to eat it is very difficult because you have to like bite half and hope the other half doesn't fall off, or you just put the whole also, thing in your mouth and just like wearing candy around your neck. Yeah. <laughs> the fuck is that? Like a like a God fight necklace? It, God forbid it rains at all and your necklace melts. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But did you guys do you bite one in half and then use it as a slingshot to just Hell yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like you you can't eat you can't actually eat that the way you're supposed to. You have to like either fuck around with it or you lose half of it to the floor. So mm-hmm. any necklace on my list, Tootsie Rolls. The OG Tootsie oh, Roll trash. I love Tootsie Ooh, Rolls. So good. Trash. 
You don't know Absolute what you're trash. About. The flavored ones are delicious. The yeah, they are just old school regular Tootsie Roll. And then um, I don't know is this considered candy, but Peeps, I fucking hate Peeps as yeah, well. Yeah, Peeps suck. I don't know if that's they're, candy, but they suck. They're bad. So that was my list, my honorable mentions. I had real quick sugar daddies we mentioned before. Wax lips, almost Ooh. as bad as wax soda. Yeah. Score bars suck. Chicklets, that's just I don't like, like marshmallow, right? Is that just a marshmallow bar? Score, Score? is um, it's uh, it's like a Heath bar. It's uh, pe- what's that shit called? Peanut brittle. It's not no. peanut brittle though. It's caramel. Whatever toffee. It's toffee. That sh- toffee. There you go. You bite it. Love shatters like oh. glass. No. Chicklets suck. Bit of honey. I had warheads. Fuck warheads. I don't like warheads. It's not a candy. That's like a feat of strength. Yeah. <laughs> And then, do you guys remember these sixlets? Yeah, they, you know yeah. how Whoppers come in a, in that plastic wrapper. They're like Whoppers, but like candy. They sucked. They're little balls that came in a tube. Actually, I don't. Know if you Google them, you'll certain. you'll remember them. What was the other one that you mentioned earlier? Because I was I need to call you out on those. Uh, chick chicklets. Chicklets, yeah, chicklets suck. Chicklets are, aren't they just a little gum like shards, basically? Yeah. Isn't ch- I, see this is where I think I'm confused. I thought chicklets were the things that came on the paper. No, no. chicklets are the square gum, but they come in like a box or something. They're yeah. multicolored. Spitting chicklets, Chris. That's like your teeth. Hold on, they're hard though. Yeah, those no, still it's, suck. It's, it's just it's gum. gum. Yeah, but it's got a hard shell. Yeah, it's like a ish. Yeah. I was yeah. definitely thinking of the whatever Andrew mentioned before, but chicklets are still gross. On my list, I had three musketeers. Fucking what? Garbage. I'll eat one, though. John, they're not good, but they're not were, bad. Paydays were also on there. Didn't you like three musketeers? Not really. Maybe at one point when I was a Did we not just talk candy. about this like 20 minutes ago? Yeah, he liked it. I, then no, Andrew calm. said I did. I never confirmed. Lies. You just Pay saved days. it for this. I don't enjoy Smarties that much. You ever seen the giant Smarties? What? Not really a fan. Candy cigarettes? Those aren't. Oh, candy yeah. Anymore. Candy cigarettes do. Those suck. are fucking cool, though. They yeah, don't, they're, they're not. They're, yeah, they are. Cool. John, they, they are. were cool. They were cool. No. They were. Smoking candy vapes. Cool. Candy vapes. That's a lie. Smoking is cool. It's bad for you, but it does. No. It's fucking cool, John. Yeah. No, it's not. Smoking is not cool. No one is <clears> cool <throat> if you're smoking a cigarette. We're about seatbelts and anti-smoking. Well, Candy corn. For any listeners that smoke out there, just disregard that last uh, statement. I'm Candy on your corn. side. I think it looks cool. I wish I could do it, but yeah. it'll nope. kill you, so don't. I smoked a cigarette once, and I thought, this is stupid. Did you Did you inhale, John? <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, uh, Candy corn. I don't know about that, John. Uh, can you name me a more festive Halloween candy than candy corn? It's true. Halloween candy? No. Yeah. You can't because candy corn is the ultimate Halloween candy. But is yeah. it good? No. Yeah, but it's not bad. It's just you can have it's, a handful and you're fine. It's good enough to be candy the face corn of on on some cookies. I I can dig that. I can dig that. But it's not. There's a conspiracy that it's they ne- they don't ma- ever manufacture candy corn. They just made it once and they're just recycling it every single year. I think candy corn and Creed are in the same boat where. It's popular to hate them, but most people kind of like them. I will say off-brand I, candy corn is bad. I don't know what the, is it? 
Brock, 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 Brock or something. Yeah, Brock, Brock, bronze. Those ones I can handle. And to Chris's point, a scoop of your hand, don't go back for seconds and you're fine. The point at which there is a crossover, there's a threshold you hit with candy corn where it goes from like, oh, I can enjoy this and to the point where you're like, I'm never eating this again for the rest of my life. <laughs> uh, I'm going to throw out here two little controversial Jolly Ranchers. And here's why. I'm talking about the ones that are Tootsie Roll shaped because you suck on them for a little bit and then they end up cutting the top of your, the roof of your mouth because they get too sharp as if shiv like so i cracked a tooth on a jolly rancher so i'm fucking out <laughs> on jolly ranchers well i literally bit down and i spit tooth out and then i had to get it removed <laughs> so i'm fucking out on wow. a jolly rancher they are quite hard it's hard to beat a watermelon jolly rancher flavor though that's probably the one of the best candy flavors in in the world i would say they are they are delicious but I'll never do it again. Yeah. So anyways, that's the anti-reptile draft. Worst candy edition. So <clears throat> a lot of shitty candies out there, as we know. What's your favorite candy? Just to close that segment out, John. Got a finger. Chris. Oh, I'm enjoy. Reese's fast break. Reese's. It's not even the best. A take five is whatever. I'm not going to get into it. The fast break. They like marketed that as like, if you're an athlete, eat this candy bar. Yeah. Dad used is... to buy them on the way to like our rec basketball games. Yeah. He's like, hey, eat this sugar. You'll get high for like five minutes and then have that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we would get that. And then that's also when Gatorade came out with yeah. the clear version. That was the big thing. Like clear Gatorade. I don't know if you guys remember that. But I would yeah, get here's a clear Gatorade and a fucking Holland Elementary steamed hot dog from outside the gym. Go get them. What the fuck? Steamed hot dog? You ever got one of those hot dogs? Delicious. You don't remember the little Did concession table, John? Those. They had fold-up tables. Do you not remember the, the little concession stand in Holland Elementary? No, I was too busy draining games? threes and shooting carrots on the C1. <laughs> yeah, okay. Traded <laughs> threes. I seem to remember you uh, 11 consecutive missed shots from right under the hoop. Coach Cable was counting them out. Uh, I think I think what you're thinking is 11 consecutive offensive rebounds. <laughs> <laughs> double-double right there. On um, one play, double-double. <laughs> The no, the fast break is great. It's uh, literally if you took, you know, how they talk about particle accelerators. If you put on one end a Reese's peanut butter cup, on the other end, uh, uh, three musketeers, and they collided, you get your Reese's fast break. It's so good. And unfortunately, you weren't killed in the explosion. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to look up while while we continue. Here, I'm going to have to look up where Reese's fast break ranks in the Reese's uh, revenue stream. Do they? Do they actually make them anymore? I know the, the take oh, yeah. fives I like. I didn't know they still made the fast breaks. Oh, yeah. I buy them every time I see them, which is every time oh. I am looking for them. It's <laughs> <laughs> 100% right. hit rate. Whenever he's looking, he gets them. Yeah. Anyways, uh, back to the episode. Uh, that was, yeah, the reptile draft. Thanks, everyone, for joining. That was great. Back to the episode recap. So we left off. <clears throat> Leo had asked April for three mus four three musketeer outfits so that the turtles can become popular. So Irma, after we go back uh, to the Mardi Gras parade, she wanders into the jewelry store with April 
because they just want to look around because they like jewelry. Um, and they're in the store. They're in Fight for His Jewelry. And Bebop and Rocksteady, who were in the transport module going to the surface, barge in to the store, and they hold up the jewelry store owner because they want to take the uh, diamond, the impervium diamond. Um, April and Irma hide sort of behind because they see it's Bebop and Rocksteady. April gives the turtles a buzz because she's like, hey, Bebop and Rocksteady are here. I think uh, actually we get back-to-back Rocksteady and Bebop references in this one. So my ears are perked. Shredder said it, and then immediately after April said it. Yeah. But as we know, don't send Bebop and Rocksteady to do anything that you actually need them to do um, because it usually doesn't turn out well. So, Did you guys think the Pfeiffer's was a Michelle Pfeiffer reference? No. It's spelled the same way. I just thought it was interesting. Where else have you ever heard Pfeiffer? I think it's Somewhere. a pretty common last name. Yeah, I feel like I've heard it at least one other place. Okay. <laughs> I can't recall that. Never mind then. I did a whole deep dive trying to figure out. I was connecting some dots, but I guess I was down the wrong <laughs> rabbit hole. So never mind then. <laughs> um, and here, so the, you know, Bebop and Rocksteady, they're in the jewelry store. The guy's like, hey, we're not, we're that thing's not for sale in our car. We're just going to steal it. And then we get the classic Rocksteady just punches the cap, the case open and breaks the glass. It was just like a classic, like fucking jab right to the glass. I loved it. I loved it. So they end up taking the diamond and then we see the turtles hop into the turtle van. And Andrew, who's driving that turtle van? So this was. I got really amped for the turtle van. Number one, we haven't seen it in a while, so it was nice to see it. Number two, I thought there's a good chance that Raph might be driving. However, it is not Raph. It is Donnie, I believe, because, uh, no. I don't know actually who's driving at this point because I'm thinking of the turtle van scene later, I think, in the episode. This one, a little forensic research concludes that Leo was in fact driving the turtle van as it exited the sewer. You had to, I had to pause in slow-mo just to get a screenshot. Yeah, so I was mixing up with the later scene. I do think it is nice to see the van coming out of that little tunnel, like street side t- tunnel, because we, we've we seen that it go in in the fifth turtle episode. Shout out to Zach um, when he trailed them on his little like bike and he followed them into the sewer. Um, but it's nice to see it was like a head-on shot, them just like flying out of that grate. So, yeah, great animation. Agreed. Another reference to the fifth turtle episode. Might be the the most off rec off mentioned episode ever. So shout out to Chris's host episode. Um, but Bebop and Rock City, they have the diamond in tow, and the turtles show up to the front of the jewelry store, and Leo goes charging at them. Fight the <clears throat> the music plays. We get a fight scene. Leo charges, just rips the diamond right out of Bebop's hands, and he turns to run, and Rocksteady is like, all right, motherfucker, and he picks up the very heavy metal object that I think the diamond was being displayed on and absolutely 
murders Leo in the back of the head with this fucking thing. I, when I saw it, my jaw dropped and I was like, he's dead. He killed Leonardo. So I did miss that somehow. I, so what I remember is Leo bitch slaps the impervium out of someone's hand. Like it looked very like, and it goes flying. And the next thing I know, I don't know if I was distracted, but I turn around and Leo's just face down, like knocked out. So I missed the whole assault with a deadly weapon by whoever, Bebop yeah. Rocksteady. He, I gasped, just crumpled <laughs> on the floor, dead. He threw it. He was, when he was, when Rocksteady was picking up the thing to throw it, I was like, there's no way. If this hits him, it'll kill him. And it hits yep. him right in the back of the head, full force, and he just goes tumbling down onto the ground. Jeez. Okay, so this episode makes a whole lot more sense now because I'm like, how <laughs> did he, like in the next scene, I'm like, how did this actually happen? I, yeah. I 100% was distracted, like in that brief yeah. second. Okay. And so what happens is he gets nailed in the back of the head, crumples, the diamond goes, or the impervium goes bouncing around straight into a trash can right outside of the store. Where the other turtles are at this point is a mystery. They might as well just be sitting in the corner twiddling their thumbs because they're nowhere to be found. Leo's crumpled. Bebop and Rock steady retreat because they're scared. Irma at this point is like, hey, we got to get the fuck out of here, April. So she bolts out the door. April's costume gets stuck under a display cabinet. So she's stuck there. And then Irma goes running out and she's like, whoa, what is in this trash can? This beautiful diamond who would throw this away and so she nabs it she nabs the impervium and leaves and then april is left with the turtles being like what the fuck just happened here yeah and this is bad for an april trying to run away when one of supposedly one of her best friends is just dead on the floor of a, of a dis jewelry shop owner must be like what the fuck is going on a rhino just robbed me and they killed a turtle on my sales floor. <laughs> what the fuck? But yeah, she yeah. tried to run out. And then only after they're like, uh, Leo, are you going to get up? Does she actually run over and care? Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was just going to say, I feel like it's bad business one-on-one to put like your most precious thing in a glass case, like on display for everyone. Right. I mean, how many times has this happened? In the series, I feel like there's always been things on display, whether it's scientific inventions that are just like sitting on a table at a science museum or whatever. Um, so very predictable. Um, quite the balance by this thing too. Like for being yeah. the, the strongest substance on in, in the world, like it's pretty elastic as well. I would say because it's it bounced across the street into the trash can and then just perfectly sat on top of like paper looked like so that was wild that was wild yeah i just assumed this thing would be dense as fuck yeah like heavy as a yeah, motherfucker for sure shows you how hard fucking wheel got hit in the head that he whipped it off the floor hard enough to bounce <laughs> around yeah um so the turtles retreat back into the sewer and they're kind of sitting there pacing around being like shit is Leo okay? Splinter is taking care of him in the, I think in his little bedroom thing. So then Splinter comes out and he's like, yeah, I think he's going to be okay. And then Leo emerges in full musketeer regalia, sporting an English accent. And he calls himself D'Artagnan. 
and he tosses three costumes to the other three turtles and says, hey, put these on. You are my, and they're like, what the hell's going on here? And Donnie's like, you're my friends, Athos. So Donnie is Athos, Wrath is Pormos, and Mikey is Aramos. And Leo is D'Artagnan. And he's just, he's out of it. He's He's been knocked into the last century. Because I think it all prompted when he came to in the jewelry store, he saw April dressed up in her queen costume and was then he turned into this musketeer. Chris, I was going to ask you, have you actually read the three musketeers? Because I feel like everyone knows about them like myself. And all yeah. I know is it's all for one and one for all. And that's it. The extent I've never read a book. I've never watched a movie. So have you either yeah. of you guys? <clears throat> I've never read the book. There's so I guess there's a couple books. I've never read any of them, but I know the general like gist. Cause I was shocked when this episode happened. I'm like, wait a minute. There's four musketeers. What the fuck's going on here? <laughs> but D'Artagnan isn't a musketeer. He's like the, whatever leader or whatever you want to call it. And then he enlists the help of the musketeers yeah. over the course of various books. Yeah. And if, if I was Chris and I was host, hosting this episode, most likely I would have done some trivia on the book of the three musketeers, but I did not do that. Yeah. John, decent job with the names. Not exact. The last yeah. one, Ramis, Ramis Ramirez, I realized probably named after one of the musketeers. And why an English accent for a French character? I don't know. Yeah. Is it English or would you call it a British accent? What's the difference? I don't know, but this is what screws me up. Do you call it England, Brit Britain, Great Great Britain, the UK? Like have you ever done well, that different rabbit things. hole? Yeah. I they're all different yeah, they're all different things, but they're all the same thing. England is the island. The United Kingdom includes Ireland. And then Britain is just, it doesn't include like Wales and Scotland and all that shit. Either way, I, I didn't think this was an English accent. I thought it was just a weird, like I, he was just doing a just voice. Just to correct Chris, uh, the United Kingdom excludes Northern Ireland. Sorry. It includes, I said includes Ireland, yeah. which is correct. So I will correct John because I was correct. And I will correct the island of, of Ireland. It still would be British. It wouldn't be English, right? English accent? That's not a fucking thing. Yeah, that's what people call it. No, they English would call it a British like, accent. We speak English. Yeah. Right? Yeah, no, I know where you're coming from. I call it, I think you can use English. If you say an English accent, people know what you're talking about. I think English implies British in that sense. Yeah. Old England. But there are different di there are different English accents also. So it's not a true there's Cockney, there's whatever all the other ones are. So Chelsea accent. Yeah. That's like the ditzy one, right? Whatever. I don't know. The point it's is like, I was right in what I said. And so, so what's interesting is like you hear about all these different English accents, right? Like it, it's the as British if, ones, yeah, yeah. These <laughs> British accents. It's like a four-block area of the city of London that is Chelsea that has an accent, and then if you go like five blocks over, it's like a different accent. It's like not like 
in the US where there's a southern accent and Midwest and Northeast, these things are like just neighborhoods and cities that have very distinct different accents. It's crazy. Yeah, I think in general, like if you go outside of the US, especially in Europe, uh, you forget like how close everything is and how even stranger it is, like how diverse it can be when literally countries are smaller than like states here, you know, like it's, mm. I think about that. I think about that a lot. Cause like, how do we not even have more diversity here in the U S when we've got, you know, a thousand times the size of some of these other countries that have just as many dialects. It's fucking weird. It's weird. Very odd. So anyways, so the turtles, they put on their costumes and they, Leo starts bossing people around. He tells Splinter, hey, servants, start to clean up. And Splinter's like, hold the fuck on here. I'm your sensei. But they have to humor Leo because they need him to come to his own realization that he needs to get his memory back. So they have to go along with everything that he says. Which kind of, I wonder, I know this doesn't have any tie to the last episode, but in my head, I'm like, oh, well, he just had a really rough last episode where he left and Splinter wanted him to find himself. So now Splinter wants the turtles to appease Leo, maybe to not hurt his ego too much from the last week or so, perhaps. I know that's a stretch, but that's kind of what I was thinking. Because yeah. why Rough else would they just... episodes. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean, I was jealous that Leo had back-to-back, -back, like... Main character? You know, he, he wasn't necessarily the main character in the last episode, but he was he was the, you know... He was, I guess. Plot. He drove the, the plot. plot. Yeah. So he's had well, we were getting a lot of Michelangelo episodes before that. I know. That's what I'm saying. Like Donnie and Donnie had his shiny moment. Like Raph is still just hanging in the in the shadows. He's getting more wisecracky. I will say that. Yeah. For sure. But also like protocol on how not to deal with the concussion, what they're doing right now. So Yeah. Also if you get concussed, don't like go to sleep immediately. Like don't put yourself in a dark room. That's bad too. That's just a fact. So we go back to the Technodrome and Chris, what is going on in the Technodrome? Krang is fucking furious, which you love to see. He's throwing things around. He's pissed at Shredder because he's, he fucked up the plan again. So yeah, this is everything I want to see at a Krang. Yeah. So Shredder, Crane is mad that Shredder fucked up because he sent Bebop and Rocksteady, the incompetent bimbos, to get the diamond, and they obviously did not get it. And Shredder, to his credit, he's getting a little pissed right now. He's like, listen, Crane, I cannot fucking be at your beck and call and every whim go and find some silly bobble, he says, whenever you need it. You got to fucking figure shit out and I'm sick of it. And he's pissed. To which I ask, why not Shredder? What are you doing that's more important than getting this thing that Crank told you was important? It's true. But my question is with Crank and Shredder, they both do the same thing. They pass off the important task to their uh, subordinate and the subordinate screws it up. So like Krang as the evil genius, like has shredder, have you 
giving Shredder something and Shredder giving it to Bebop and Rocksteady ever worked in your favor? Like, no. So I, they're both guilty because they both do the same exact thing. But yeah. I think the difference is, like, <clears throat> when you delegate, right, Krang, Krang isn't going to address Bebop and Rocksteady himself because they report to Shredder and Shredder reports to Krang. So to me, Krang is saying, listen, I'm giving you a task. You do it as you please, but clearly fucking Bebop, or Bebop and Rocksteady aren't the answer. So fucking yeah, figure it out or do it yourself. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that. Like, it's the chain of command and, you know, Shredder's the general manager, you know, Krang's the CEO. But Krang is the reason Bebop and Rocksteady exist because he's the one that gave Shredder the idea to mutate them. And, oh, by the way, they spent like a whole season in Dimension X. So and we're like at they, their best when they came back fresh off of crank training. I mean, their shooting was great. Their shooting was phenomenal. <laughs> yeah. It really was. And their shooting continues to be phenomenal. Uh, yeah, as we'll I, see. I, yeah, I'll hold, I'll hold my comment stuff. for that. But yeah. yeah, either way, it's, uh, yeah. The only it's thing I'll say out. about this scene is just Shredder cowering on his knees behind a desk while Krang fucking lays down the law. So it's but, clear who the who the big cheese is right now. Yeah, and, until we get to the next scene, Chris. Yeah. yeah. So Shredder, after con- being confronted by Krang, Shredder is pissed because he now needs to go and remedy the situation. So he's walking around and he's like, this motherfucking Krang, I'm taking this four field generator and I'm I'm fucking going to get this thing and I'm using it on myself. And I think we have an animation error here because the force field generator already has the pervium diamond in it. But he steals the generator. Yeah, and double crosses Krang. So he's going to do exactly what Krang was going to do to Shredder and just, yeah, just okay. Yeah, but what a, what a bitch move to do it behind Krang's back. Like, he or takes his bonus, little beating and then he's he's all big and tough when Krang's not around. Yeah. Yeah, maybe that's it's like, part of you the know, game. The jerk store called and they're out of you. It's like you think about the yeah. the good things that you're gonna say afterwards. Everyone does it. <laughs> <laughs> so shout out George Costanza. So we go back. Irma is in her apartment and she has fashioned a gaudy necklace out of the impervium diamond, gold necklace around her turtleneck. Um and she's happy. She's like, I love this thing. Burn calls her and is like, hey, Irma, get down to the parade. We need you to run this camera because there's some shit going on and we need you back at work. You actually have a job here. You can't just run off and do whatever you want. So the turtles, they are now out to find this diamond as well. And they run into Bebop and Rocksteady who are outside of the diamond store, the fight for jewelry looking for where this thing possibly could have gone because they have no idea. So we get a little fight scene here. Leo swings in on a rope. Bebop and Rocksteady pick up a giant pipe and a ladder. Leo's swinging around. Uh, I think at some point sort of knocks them into each other. They get hit. And then the other turtles in a fucking half-assed on guard. They're just like... (laughs) Like the most pathetic assistance that could possibly be. They charge at Bebop and Rocksteady, who then Rocksteady throws a ladder that 
wedges between the walls and they get stuck and they're like, all right, we got to go around this thing. It was fucking lame. This yeah. is the worst fight scene of this of this series so far. It sucked. Yeah. yeah, it was bad. Yeah, half-assed by the turtles for sure. Um, I I did want to say, as we were talking about Irma and her necklace, the impervium seems to have shrank like as she's wearing it around her neck. So it's very small now. It kind of looks like a locket or maybe a large locket sized. Um, but yeah, turtles, they're not, Super their heads, fun. their heart's not in it. Their hearts are not. Raph's, in, in particular, Raph's on guard. I don't even think he yelled at me. He's just like, on guard. <laughs> He's yeah. running down the alley. Yeah, and they do the Leah, like, you know, hold the sword up, charge at him Don Quixote style. So we got a little mix here. Uh, Shredder, in the meantime, he's, you know, milling about the parade looking for the diamond, wherever it might be. Uh, And he bumps into Irma, and he sees that Irma has it. Irma, in the meantime, is trying to operate this camera to shoot some B-roll, potentially, of this parade. But she's so confused that she is pointing the camera at herself. And the turtles now, they're in the van at this point. And Donnie's driving the van. And Raph has the TV. Raph is operating all the technology like a fucking boss right now. Yeah. Flip the script. I That's why I was like, oh, when it first cut the scene to the back of the van and three turtles there, I'm like, oh, Raph must be driving. But yeah. he, yeah, to John's point, like when has Raph ever been at the desk and is like doing Donnie stuff? Yeah. Disappointing. Yeah. Um, and they see that Irma, because she has a camera pointed at herself, has the necklace on. And what the fuck, Burn? You are the director here. Why are you rolling this shit? <laughs> right? I just thought about this. Like, what the hell's going on here? And, like, what is budget fucking bullshit is this that they're dragging Irma in to run the cameras? Yeah, as the secretary. Like, where is Vernon? What is Vernon? Wasn't he, was Vernon the one filming in the opening scene? I don't know about this particular scene, but typically Vernon is the camera guy. Like, that's usually his role, not always. Um, But yeah, like, and apparently there's only four of them that work at the entire studio because yeah, uh, except Max Kellerman did at one point. Um, but yeah, I don't know what's going on, but Irma, anytime Irma's involved, it's not a, not a good thing at all. Yeah. And so Leo, he see, you know, he's in his fucking crazy state. He sees Irma in the box and he's like, Hey, I need to get that diamond to give it back to the queen. And this bitch in the box has it. And Raph's like, dude, she's not in the box. Like, relax. That's Irma. We'll go find her. He would have said wench. And in my head, I was like, he meant bitch, but he said wench. (laughs) He was like, he was fucking steaming. Yeah, he was mad. Krang, in the meantime, is just paranoid as fuck right now. He's like, I've lost control of this situation. I don't know where Shredder, what the hell is going on. They need to get this impervium. He calls the foot soldiers over and he's like, guard that force field with your life. Do not let it out of your sight. You must do this. Crane comes to the realization that it has been stolen. The force field generator has been stolen and he knows shredders at it and he's mad. He's going topside. 
Yeah, yeah, he should be bad because he had this plan. Didn't he tell Shredder? This is what I don't remember. Did he kind of lead into his plan and let the cat out of the bag? And then Shredder was just like, well, fuck you, Krang. I'm going to do exactly what you're planning to do to me. Um, so I was actually laughing because Krang is fucked and we have foot soldiers <laughs> and they have the yellow yellow symbol on their heads. So Yeah. yeah. And Krang, I mean, you can't weave your thing on like a pedestal with like a spotlight on it if you don't want it stolen. So that's kind of on him. Yeah. Yeah, that is on him. So Shredder, as I mentioned, notices that Irma is wearing this necklace and has the diamond. So he sweeps her off her feet in an attempt to kidnap her and take her. Irma is like, damn, there is a villain that wears the same exact costume as you, but I love you. You're sweeping me off my feet, and this is great. And Byrne is like, Irma, get back to work. And she's like, I quit. This guy loves me and I quit and April notices and he's and she's like shit Irma has no clue what's going on that's Shredder and she's in danger April in the meantime is still reporting there's a float rolls up I believe the float this is it's like a Macy's Day fucking crossover here there's like floats and shit and everyone's in costumes and this float is called the Progress of Petroleum. So yeah, big I don't oil know what makes the appearance. This fucking nothing makes no sense other than I think they just needed a tall platform, so they drew up an oil rig. But yeah, this parade yeah, is yeah. fucking bullshit. This I, I forgot it was Mar- Mardi Gras. Like at this point, because I'm thinking, um, what's the one they do in New York? The big uh, Macy's Day Parade. Yeah. All of a sudden, that's what sure. I was thinking about. Oh, is that, did John just, just say that? John just said yeah. that like 10 seconds ago. <laughs> Whoops. Uh, clearly, <laughs> I'm listening to exactly what John said because I agree with him. Yeah. That's How long is this fucking parade, episode. by the way? This has been like a full day affair. This thing's still going on? Quit. Well, I mean, Mardi Gras, Fat Tuesday, like you're fucking celebrating before Lent. I don't know. We all got a traumatic brain injury and woke up from it before this parade ended. Yeah, but I think it was the same day because the turtles, um, who had called? Was it Donnie had called about the costumes to April because April. she, yeah, she, and John may have said this earlier too. I don't know. So it'll crucify me if you did, but um, yeah, they, they needed costumes because they wanted to fit in because April was concerned that they can't just walk around as, as turtles. So I think it's the yeah. same day, but to John's point, I think Mardi Gras is multiple days in, in New Orleans at least. Or is it just one day? Well, Mardi Gras is the celebration where you fucking, well, people go ham before Lent, before the 40-day Lent. You know, you sort of give up something. So Fat Tuesday is Mardi Gras that you're just celebrating. In New Orleans, they, I, I, you know, probably a little ignorant here, but can't speak to it, but I'm sure it's a longer celebration than just one night, but theoretically it's just one night. Yeah, it looks like it's like two weeks. I think Mardi Gras means crazy. Fat Tuesday, doesn't it? Yeah. What are we? Yeah. 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 This year it's January sixth through February eighteenth is the parade schedule in New Orleans. Well. Who knew? Who knew? So Shredder has Irma. The turtles roll up. They hop out of the van and they're ready to fucking tango. 
So Donnie, or not Donnie, Leo, a.k.a. D'Artagnan, starts to trace Shredder around and charges after him. Shredder, in the meantime, fucking runs to the top of this oil rig parade float because he... I'm not really sure what his plan was, honestly. Why did he run to the top of this float just to get away? It's hard to tell. I don't know, but the swipe that he takes at Leo. Yeah. That's what that's all I was thinking about in the scene is that swipe. He almost like lands a blow right to Leo's dome again, which would have gave him CTE for sure if he landed that. <laughs> um but yeah, yeah. those gauntlets. Leo, I'm just I was just thinking those gauntlets. Like if they if those caught you in the face, even if just it like raised your face, you would be Swiss cheese. All I could think was Donnie's stupid voice. Where he's like, he sounds like a, she's like, hey, D'Artagnan, uh, careful up there when he's like climbing up the ladder. Yeah. He said it like six times in a row and I just couldn't ruin the whole scene for me. Yeah. It's terrible. Yeah. Leo, Leo chases Shredder up to the top. When he, right when he gets to the top, Shredder takes a swing and then Leo ends up hanging on a rope that's at the top of this thing. Um, Leo eventually makes his way back up to the top of the platform and is sparring with Shredder and very good evasive maneuvers here. He keeps calling Shredder Richelieu, which must be a character from the book, but Shredder is yeah, getting like fucking annoyed right now. Yeah. Shredder's pissed. He's annoyed as shit because he can't hit Leo and he keeps getting called the wrong name. And he's like, what the fuck's going on here? April, in the meantime, is like, wow. Irma is at the top of this thing. She's in danger. I need to get to the top. And what, Andrew, is right next to this float? A fucking Channel 6 helicopter that apparently April can fly. Yeah. Do we? I was just, I was trying to think of this. Did she fly a helicopter before yet? Or is this the first time we've seen it in this? Okay. No, but there was the helicopter scene in the masquerade party episode on the rooftop uh, okay so maybe that's what i'm thinking of but yeah she hops into a great looking channel six helicopter might i add like it looks fly but yeah she just hops in there and flies away like she knows what she's doing yeah and this platform is growing we need a helicopter to get to the top of this thing now like they climbed it with a ladder two seconds ago and now she's taking a med flight up to the top doesn't make any yeah. sense yeah and the crowd in the meantime just thinks that this is a show that this is just part of the parade so april flies her helicopter to the top and she um drops down a rope ladder and is like irma get the fuck up here and irma as she's watching sort of this fight happen um is like i love when men fight over me i love shredder doing it and i love d'artagnan doing it and this is great and I wish I could bottle this up and use it all the time. Uh, Bebop and Rocksteady, in the meantime, they've been sort of fucking who knows what. They get to the top of this platform as well. And Leo is fighting off them, too. They get sort of bounced off, hanging off the side. And while Leo is fighting Bebop and Rocksteady, Shredder grabs Irma, gets on the rope ladder, and climbs up the helicopter to April and steals the helicopter. Yeah, so Shredder can fly a helicopter too. Crazy times we live in. All I know is Bebop's voice sucks as well because he's 
<laughs> Normally it's Donnie's voice, uh, Barry Gordon, who does Donatello and Bebop. Uh, I forget the sub, uh, Max. Wasn't he a guy that had the same letters in his first name and last name? Greg, Greg or something? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll call him Greg Bread. Um, anyway, uh, his Bebop voice is not good. And, and now I remember why Bebop hasn't said anything this entire episode is because it's not even a good attempt. Uh, it's even worse than Donnie's voice. I, I just, yeah, I can't get behind it. Shout out to Shredder cramming a rope ladder one-handed. Impressive. I was, yeah, I was thinking how hard it would be to climb, climb a rope ladder. To a helicopter that's that small? It's like crazy. Yeah. yeah. So Shredder steals this thing, and as he's flying off, he's like, Beep Umbrox City, grab the fuck on because we're out of here. And so they grab onto the bottom of the rope ladder and they jettison off. They eventually land on a pad. I believe it's the Channel 6 building, but it's hard to know. So they land on a helicopter pad and go make their way down to the basement. And Shredder's like, Irma, I don't like you. I just want your necklace. And she's like, all right, you fucking bitch. And throws the diamond to him because she's like, I, all you care about is this necklace. You don't care about me, so have it. Um, Shredder takes the diamond and he puts it in the force field generator and he's ready to become the all-powerful villain with this thing. So quite diabolical. And he's like rehearsing a news story as part of his announcement, which is kind of funny that he was like practicing before he went live on air. Yeah. Yeah. And we we're now back in the sewer and Leo is still just doing his like D'Artagnan three musketeer bullshit. And Raph has just had enough of this. He's like, he, I think has a little bit of a freak out here and he's like, cut it out like enough of this fucking bullshit like nonsense we i can't do this anymore i'm going crazy yeah so i mean somebody needed to say it because it's yeah. it's kind of ridiculous although i will say leo's uh dueling skills are quite good while he's under this d'artagnan trance or whatever you want to call it um which made me think not only that and then the helicopter scene shout out to the matrix uh, Matrix One, when they're just like uploading information to Neo's brain, he's like, I can't do that. And then all of a sudden, he, he's like, cuts to him in the chair, getting his brain uploaded. And then all of a sudden, he can fly a helicopter. So great movie. Yes. I still have only yes. seen the first one. That's all you need to see. The other ones aren't great. Yeah. And so the this newest is... one sucks. Whatever. Mm. Tangent. Mm. And this is where I get a little bit confused because. Andrew had mentioned that Shredder was rehearsing his broadcast to the world that he's. I mentioned that. Oh, Chris mentioned it. Jesus, anyone fucking listen to anyone else on this show? <laughs> no, it's my episode. <laughs> so no, I'm well, very focused I, on my plot. Did I mention to you guys that um, that Shredder was rehearsing, like crazily rehearsing what he was going to say to the? No, no, I'm just fucking with you, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> Andrew, did I mention that I brought up that same exact Matrix scene in the previous episode we did when the helicopter thing was going on? Did you? Yeah. Literally the same exact thing at the same point. Yeah. Yeah. I feel so like you, it comes, it's, that has come up several times. 
throughout this. Well, if there's but, a helicopter mentioned, I think we, it comes yeah, up. Probably. What day. I was going to say is um, you'd be surprised at how much stuff I don't remember hearing as I'm editing the show. And then I'll, I, I always listen back throughout the week to the uh, on, on Spotify, which anyone that's listening, I highly recommend Spotify because number one, you will get the episode before any other platform. It may just be minutes, but you will be the first one to receive that. So just throwing that out there. Um, but number two, it helps us out. And uh, soon after this episode launches, you'll hear that we're back to ads. And John, uh, not to do a tangent here, but John, what's what, what are the ads for? Well, the ads are for Spotify for podcasters, which is how you can create an ad. I mean, a podcast. Yeah, but more importantly, it's a way for us to uh, generate a little bit of revenue and a way to give back. We have some fun things planned to give back to listeners. So yes. ads are a necessary part of podcasts nowadays. So we, we try to keep them short and sweet, um, but there'll be some good that come of it. Um, but to your point, Chris, I don't remember at all the Matrix helicopter reference. So I recant my statement from a few minutes ago. <laughs> And shout out to late stage capitalism for ads. Yeah. Thank you, Andrew, for being honorable. Yeah. Turtles fight with honor and Andrew podcast with it. Yeah. And also John hosts with honor. So wrath, like I said, freaks out. And as I was saying before, I was so rudely interrupted by Chris. Shredder is rehearsing his villain speech, but it is somehow broadcast to the turtles. Because Leo sees April on the TV and he has a moment of clarity such as you might have if you have Alzheimer's and you have these moments of clarity. And he's like, hey, that's April on the screen. And the turtles are like, yeah, that is April. Like he's snapping out of it. But why would Leo have seen this rehearsal? I don't get it. Is Irma still screwing up the recording? Maybe stuff. Did he know. see her in the basement or did he was it a report that she was kidnapped? She was reporting. Oh she was sitting in front of the TV. I don't know. No, no, no. I, I can't remember the scene, but I thought it was April's that, missing like, or something. Yeah, yeah they're like so Channel reported. Six is reporting like a news reporter has been kidnapped and it's a oh, picture maybe. of April. Maybe that makes I sense. could be wrong, but I thought that's what it was. Yeah. Maybe that is it. Maybe that makes a bunch of regardless. The turtles are confident that Leo is getting his memory back and they just need to play along with it a little bit longer. So Shredder, we go to back to the basement where he's practicing his broadcast and fucking big dick swinging Krang rolls up in the transport module ready to bash some heads. So he rolls out. This is he's in the bubble walker as Chris had coined it, which I have we seen this before. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Okay. We've seen yeah, we have seen it before. I actually like the bubble walker more than the banger ring for his yeah. body. I don't know why. I think it's because we see him in it less often. But um I did want to say it's it's interesting to me that in the bubble walker he has a shield over him, but in the Android body it's open. And then the other thing I was gonna mention like an hour ago is Crane. Mm -hmm was like really using the joysticks a lot this episode and he usually it's like hit or miss sometimes the artists like remember that he controls the android body by the joysticks and other times he's like not ever using them so 
uh, props to that. And then I did, I was going to say too, um, right before this scene, the turtles or splinter reinforces that Leo cannot hear the truth about him being Leo and not D'Artagnan. So mm. I don't know if Splinter's kissing his ass or what's going on there, but Splinter's like adamant that they cannot tell Leo what the hell is going on. He has to figure it out for himself. And yeah. Shredder refers to himself as Emperor Shredder. Didn't we also get an Emperor Shredder at one point many episodes ago? We did, yeah. Okay. Because I remember that he called him Emperor, and I was like, oh. Yeah. That's nice. Oh, I know. His Krang is a fucking badass because, one, he showed up in the Bubble Walker, but doesn't even have to get out of it the transport module himself. He has somebody pick him up and place him on the ground outside of it, and then he fucking owns Shredder. So Yeah. yeah. Speaking of Emperor, that's an Emperor move right there. Yeah. Krang rolls deep. He never goes anywhere by himself, I've realized. Yeah. So... Immediately, Shredder. Well, is he can't. He got here. stuck in gum, Chris. He got stuck in gum, <laughs> so his and he got his fucking boots melted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so Shredder is cowering because he's like, "Shit, I know I fucked up here." And here comes Krang to make things right. So Krang takes the force field generator immediately from Shredder, and he's like, "Hey, keep practicing. Except change that Shredder is Emperor to Krang will be Emperor." And so he practices his little broadcast as well. Um, and I believe at this point he turns on the force field generator. And it's like this, I don't know what I was expecting, but it ends up being this little force field that goes right around Krang. That's like as small as he is. And he's like, hey, Bebop Mark said he tried to attack me and you realize that you can't do it. And it's like the force field is just like this neon blue slash white bubble that goes around him yeah it wasn't i think he he was live like weren't the cameras rolling because i was impressed i was like man shredder had to practice but crane just rolls in and he's like delivering his speech and doing a live demo to your point john where he's having bebop yeah. and roxy like shoot at him you know throw stuff at him and it's just all bouncing off yeah and that's like an insane person move to like Tell someone to hit you. Yeah. That's who's fucking the, intimidating. Who's the guy with the apple on the head, like arrow? Who actually wasn't that a real thing? Oh uh, yeah. Robin. I don't know. Some yeah, but yeah, who'd he shoot it off of? I think that guy has a name too. Yeah. Or great another great reference. Shout out to Super Troopers when um uh I don't remember any of their names, but there's a scene where uh the guy shows up to the shooting range and he's wearing like a metal uh, cup yeah. and he just has a rabbit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rabbit. At first, the other guy has Rabbit shoot at him, and then they switch places where he puts a cup on, and then Rabbit gets shot at, and that's when the their captain shows up. So, shout out to Super Troopers. Great movie. Great movie. What's that movie where it's all about beer, but it's the same? Beer Fest. Yeah, Beer, beer Fest. Fest. Yeah. I gotta watch that. I haven't seen that one. Those guys have a bunch of great movies. Yeah. yeah. Broken Lizard Club. But, yeah. Krang, one more point on the Krang. Uses Shredder's own robots to apprehend him. So that was pretty fucking badass, too. Like, hey, I have your, your guards obey me now. Yeah. Yeah. Quite nice. So Krang 
switch it. He's like, all right, I proved my point. I can turn this bitch off. Turns off the force field generator and in swoops D'Artagnan slash Leo. And he steals the diamond right off of the generator. Crane, just yeah, keep your head on a swivel. What are you doing? So I was just going to say, why would you ever turn the force field off after you have obtained it so, and turned it on? Why? It makes sense. I'll let John get to it, but I thought the same thing, and then it made sense to me at the end. Well, Leo steals the generator, I mean the diamond, and he swings to the top of the rafters in this basement. Quite a, It's vaulted ceilings in this basement. This fucking thing is super high. Uh, and he's like, I have your diamond queen. This is great. Shredder is like, we need to get that diamond. So I believe Rocksteady fires and blasts a laser and shoots it right out of Leo's hand. And Leo falls off and crumples to the ground, presumably hitting his head again. And Shredder at this point takes back the force field generator from Crane, who was just stupefied that it was the diamond was stolen out of this thing. And then Leo sort of comes to after his fall and he's back to normal Leo. He realizes that he's not D'Artagnan and the other turtles at this point also show up and they're ready to fucking throw down three musketeer style. And so they, they, yeah, I was going to say tough, tough look by Krang. Um, but good shooting by Rocksteady. I thought he shot Leo in the face. Now I realize he just shot the <laughs> little thing out of his hand. Because I was like, fucking yeah. Leo's getting destroyed this episode. That makes yeah. more sense. Yeah. Yeah, it was a goddamn snipe, though. So well done, yeah. Rocksteady. And as the turtles come in in their Three Musketeers outfit, Michelangelo says some, like, really, like, who and any fucking English nonsense here. And he's like, I feel lame saying this. But anyways, so once Leo comes to and realizes he's like, what are you guys doing? You look like idiots. They all rip off their costumes and we get the fight music again. And Shredder now has, he caught the diamond as it fell out of Leo's hand. So he popped it back in the force field generator. And he's like, all right, it's time to roll now. I got this thing. He turns it on and I literally laughed out loud because it has, the force field has been set to be the size of Krang and Shredder is way bigger. So he's just trapped in this mini fucking force field and he can't move. And it was, it was hilarious. So he's squished in. Eventually he sort of wriggles out of it, ends up turning off the force field generator. And he throws the generator because he's like, this thing is not going to work. But presumably he still has the diamond in it. So as he's running away, Donnie throws his bow staff and fucking grapples up Shredder who crumples, drops the diamond, and then just goes like spinning, tumbling into the transport module where the foot soldiers grab his legs and just drag him in. And then just to round out the episode, the diamond has bounced into a sink and is sort of rimming around the drain. It goes into the drain, lost forever, we think. And then 
I believe there's a final seat. So Shredder, Krang, and everyone gets away. They take the transport module back to the Technodrome. The turtles are then back in the lair, and they do this cheesy all-for-one, one-for-all punchline joke kind of thing, and that's the end of the episode. Gotta yeah, check kind the of. P-trap in that sink, because isn't that part of the reason they're designed <laughs> with that loop on the bottom? Is so if anything falls, you can still grab it? Yeah. And keep smell out. But yeah. also, to Andrew's point, this thing is now so small that it can fit down a sink drain. So... Yeah tiny but what i was gonna say andrew you had asked why would krang turn the shield off well when he turns it off he says get me my android suit so i can like take over the world or whatever and if you factor in that it was set to tiny krang mode he needs to put his suit on and then adjust it so he can then be full-size mode so that, to me, that was why he turned it off. Why he was in the bubble walker to begin with, I don't know. Because he entered the transport module in the android suit and then made a costume change. But to me, that was the explanation on why he turned it off. And I don't know if you guys caught this. When he retreated, he was in his bubble walker, but his android suit walked into the transport module by itself. Ooh, hmm. So that thing control. can move on its own, apparently, which I didn't know. Wow. It also comes in two parts. Like you screw the body into the legs. Yeah. I don't know. But kind of shitty fight scenes all around. This was another disappointing, like Crane could not have called retreat faster, which was a little disappointing. (laughs) Yeah. Overall, I didn't like the episode. I just thought it was interesting. You know what I mean? Like, it's just another crystal like episode and Krang shredder bebop roxy screwed up um but i think the writers missed a really great point for donnie to redeem himself or i'm sorry leo to redeem himself by stopping shredder instead of donnie little yep. i just you know i was like well that should have been leo because he came to and had his shit together but and Chris would have yeah. got a nice little katana toss for the Shellcast Sportsbook. Yeah. I know. I, I was can't... thinking the whole episode, if he threw one of those, I think they're called rapiers for the fencing, would that have counted? Yeah. Ooh. Um, I would have I would have said, yeah. I would have said, yeah, but it didn't happen, so it doesn't matter. For I know. Sure. Unfortunately, not a debate we have to have. Yes. So, yeah. That was a pretty good episode. I I feel like I always get these, like, like I got the Maltese Falcon, this like Three Musketeers style episode. I feel like I get like the themed ones, but the Maltese hamster. You mean John? Yeah, what did I say? Falcon. Yeah. Wasn't that a thing? That's what it was modeled after. Oh yeah. So. So yeah, it's funny. Now we will get. I haven't realized that you've kind of been shafted on uh, some of these. But then, what was Chris getting landed with for a while there too? I got 20,000 weeks under the city, which was like three episodes ago. So they, they turned these around pretty quick. I'm, I'm hoping to get back to a more normal episode, but as a Crane fan, this was a good episode for me. A lot of background and Crane stuff going on. Yeah. So now we'll get into turtleisms. Cowabunga! Did either of you, would either of you care to share your turtleisms? I will go. 
I feel like it's been a while since I went. And I probably, there were a lot this episode that I have. So I went in order that they were said. First, we had a major fun by Donatello. Righteously awesome, Mikey said. Cool out, Leonardo, by Donatello. I thought that was funny instead of chill out. He said cool out. Rocksteady had a shell head. Mikey said wake up and smell the pizza. Raphael said Brainiac. Mikey said bogus dude. Uh, Give him the shell off my back. That was Raph. Krang had an ant-brained mutants. Rocksteady had let's flatten this flake. We got a warp speed out of Mikey. Metal-faced mongrel from Krang. He called Shredder that. Uh, Shredder said shellback. Rocksteady said soft in the shell. I had a Mondo Bummer dudes out of Michelangelo. Get real out of Raph. That's when he freaked out on Leo. Yeah, get real. D'Artagnan. Tubuloso by Mikey. And then a Tingrin by Donnie. I didn't include Musket Turtles because they said it a bunch, but they yeah. all said it. Um, I had Scurvy Scoundrels. Did you mention that for Mikey? I didn't, but that was in there. Yep. Yeah. And then, um, I don't know if I missed this earlier, Amigo, wake up and smell the pizza. I think you said smell the pizza, right? I missed Amigo, though, so yeah. he did say Amigo. Um, yeah, and then overall, I had all the other ones, too. So Very nice. All right, so that was Turtleisms. Chris, thanks for doing that. As your host, I didn't do it this week because I was... It took, um, just as a little aside here, for those on the YouTube who watched the candy bar trivia quiz. Did you see those fucking words fly in? I didn't. Yeah. I yeah, just saw a star. I'm so shocked that's, that you didn't get Milky Way. That's a PowerPoint animation, isn't it, John? Just like yeah. a effect. I know, but I'm yeah. just saying. I also yeah. saw that it was like Times New Roman size 12 black on a white <laughs> background. So, Well, I'm like, yeah. So. You probably you had to spend a good amount of time finding those pictures though, because like, how do you find an upside down crunch bar? Fucking big hunk. How'd you even know to look that up? And it, well, I went through a couple uh, different iterations of what that game was going to be. So, regardless, we will now go into the villain power rankings. <laughs> Andrew, do you care to recap where we are? I do, but I will do it anyway. <laughs> I protest. It's the old slide still, John. John just refuses now out of principle, but John was power- in PowerPoint today and couldn't couldn't update this. Wouldn't. Wouldn't Never. do it. It's, um, the, it's just the bit. But uh, it's actually timely because last episode our villain power ranking didn't change and so therefore the slide is the exact same um and the order is from one to five is shredder krang bebop and rocksteady foot soldiers the rat king and from six to ten is vivaldi crime syndicate baxter dragon granitor rock soldiers and rounding it out don tertelli lovely all right, not much action, no new villains this episode. We did get activity, though, from the top four. 
Uh, Chris, where what are your thoughts on the foot soldiers this episode? Nobody died. Great start. They apprehended Shredder. Basically just following orders this episode. Really nothing else to them, but successful. And they did save Shredder at the end there when they dragged him into the transport module. So pretty good. Yeah. Perhaps better than Bebop and Rocksteady to move up. Uh, what do you think, Andrew? So what I was going to say is the only potential consideration is they turned on their leader slash master, whatever you want to call Shredder, like the guy that built him or programmed them. Um, kind of villainous. But I don't know. I mean, it's hard for me to put the foot soldiers above Bebop and Rocksteady um, because yeah. they had they're such a minor role in most episodes. I think Bebop and Rocksteady did pretty well this episode too, all things considered. They stole yeah. the Impervium gem. I mean, they... I guess they lost it, but they successfully stole it and then fucking blasted the shit out of Leo like twice. So, yeah. Yeah. We forget that Rocksteady almost killed Leo. Rocksteady is, he's on the path. He's killed once and he's wanted to kill like the last five episodes. So he's got, he's out for blood. I yeah. thought we were going to get Chris making the claim to split them up again. Cause he, we he should, I still think we should. <laughs> We really should because Rocksteady is dragging Bebop along at this point. <laughs> it's a fact. But they're one and the same. So three and four, I think, stay the same. So now we get into the weekly debate of Shredder and Crane. I mean, what are your thoughts? Crane, I think they're neck and neck at this point. Crane closed the gap. He had a lot of work to do, but. Master plan, great. Just berating Shredder constantly. It's clear who the second in command is at this point. Uses Shredder's own guards against him. Laughs when basically tells Shredder you're on your own when he fucks up the force field at the end. So I think Krang has closed the gap completely. I would still leave Shredder at one, but anything can happen at this point. That was convincing, but I, for. I just, I don't think the gap has closed that much because I think Shredder basically used Krang's plan against him, even though it, it did backfire down the road. Um, so I, I don't think Krang did enough to switch out with Shredder. Um, but maybe the gap got, you know, a micron smaller. I don't know. <laughs> I, I do think that Krang has improved his stock at this point. I mean, The downfalls of, for in, him this episode were the force field generator getting stolen. Like, maybe use the foot soldiers a little bit earlier to guard it and not, you know, an ounce of prevention's worth a pound of cure, Cray. Figure it out. Yeah. I, th I think him telling the plan to Shredder was not a great move either. But again. But it is quite villainous. It is villainous to tell him exactly what you're going to do and then do it. I mean, that is pretty villainous, I guess. Integrity. Oh, no, wait. I was thinking, sorry. I was thinking the other way. Oh, sure. Well, I'm just thinking. Well, initially he didn't tell him, and then I guess he did it at the end. Yeah. Yeah, in a fit of rage. That, that scene to me, like Shredder could not have been more submissive when Krang was just berating him. He was on the floor, like crying, basically. Yeah. Well, because Krang could kill Shredder. I mean, that's 
obvious. I think you have to factor that in. Throwing Crane, a temper tantrum? Crane said he would kill Shredder. Basically, he threatened his life if he couldn't get the, the thing back. Or no, when he, he threatened him when he showed up at the end. When he caught him backstabbing him. Because remember, Shredder was like, oh, I'm up here because I wanted to save you the trip from having to bring oh, yeah, the, yeah. the thing back. And he's like, well, maybe I'll shorten your life or whatever he said. Oh, yeah. Yeah, maybe I'll save you from growing old, I think he said. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, what it was. Exactly. Which was a nice So when line. you threaten to murder someone, you I didn't hear Shredder threaten to yeah. murder Crank. Yeah. I mean, I, I think Crank, like I said, improved his stock, but I think Shredder is still number one. Yeah. That's true. So, All right. so, two, so we're not two weeks in a row. We go agree. Two weeks, two in, weeks a row. in a row, no changes. Wow. We're due for a new villain. It's been, we yeah. need like a, I want a key guy. I'm sick of the one-offs. Yeah. So, all right. That's the villain power ranking. No movement, top five, still Shredder, Krang, B&R, Foot Soldiers, and the Rat King. All right. Well, that was villain power ranking. So that was some good spirited discussion there. And now we will go into the results of last week's pizza bowl. So Chris, would you care to remind us what the poll question was? So the poll question was, what is the best cereal? And I went second. John went first. He answered Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Maybe a play to win the poll. Was he being honest? Hard to tell. (laughs) I went with my heart and chose Rice Krispies. And I can only imagine that I'm getting demolished. Andrew, (laughs) I believe you chose Frosted Flakes, did you say? Frosted Flakes, yes. Yeah. Not a bad choice. I I like Frosted Flakes. Yeah. I was confident. I consulted with my wife. And she also thought that Chris's pick was trash. I believe she said that he's turned straight into mush, which, if you listen back, is exactly what I said. And, I, and what I said was your fucking milk ratio, the ratio yeah. is ruined by your sugary cereals that you eat. Yeah. In you, fact, Rice Krispies was called them novelty There's so cereal. much flavor they on are. cereals they, that I like. That you have to dilute it is basically what yeah. you're yeah, saying. Yeah, basically. <laughs> but it's so much flavor. Anyways. So, this 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 was posted Saturday morning. As Chris is want to tell me to post it, he thinks it's the prime time. I did not say Saturday morning. I said yeah. night. Oh, it's well. the opposite of what you did. <laughs> I, I was looking all week. I'm like, where the fuck is this poll? <laughs> well, here. So I was. So I usually post a- Andrew fucking Johnny on the spot getting this episode out quick. I believe. Tuesday at midnight is when this thing came out. It did it not? Which is when he usually. Yeah, no, usually technically, it's Wednesday at midnight. Usually it's Wednesday is, at twelve oh one a.m. So like the morning of Wednesday while you're sleeping, you go to bed Tuesday night. Oh. You wake up Wednesday morning. It's there. Oh, which John has no say, fucking clue when our own release <laughs> schedule is. I will say <laughs> there have been episodes recently. I feel like I've been dropping them on Wednesday. Uh, I we have had. Episodes that don't make it out in time, they'll come out Thursday or Friday. Mm. 
but this one was on time. I do recall because John sent a text and he's like, Andrew dropped doing the Lord's work, like dropping the episode early. And in my head, I'm like, on time, but I'm not going to comment on that. Yeah, nobody responded yeah. to it because it made no sense. Oh. He said doing Yeoman's work. <laughs> Which makes sense if Andrew's just doing normal work and it's going out at the normal time. So, yeah. Well, anyway, so I would normally post this Thursday at some point. However, I was golfing Thursday morning. Yes, I do have a job, but I also golf. And then Friday, I had to do the work that I didn't do on Thursday. So <laughs> it was a little busy. And then I posted it Saturday morning because I thought that's when Chris wanted to thought that was a post so regardless the next one will be posted in the evening and chris really it didn't matter i could have posted this at fucking midnight because chris got absolutely trounced here 88 votes 77 of them were for cinnamon toast crunch jesus christ what were the what are the percentages work out at 88 percent of votes for john jesus yeah i knew it was gonna be a bloodbath what do you i stand yeah. by what i said and there's one comment on here from user 764242207613 that says Cinnamon Toast Crunch for the win. Is that you? That's me. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> Out of so, those two, I did have to vote Cinnamon Toast Crunch. So, yeah. I will so Chris, can you you- agree that the, the flavor has changed. They made a change to the cereal. It doesn't taste like it used to. I'm sure it has changed, but also your taste buds and your palate changes, Chris. True. So, so you'll be eating pizza this week. How does that make you feel? It's been a while. I'm not opposed to it. I have the ultimate trump card, two party pizzas in my back pocket. So just know if this pizza isn't good, we're all going to be fucking chowing down, baby. (laughs) Yes, we do have Chris. Maybe just recap quick. I know you did it earlier. We've got respins. Andrew, I believe someone has a combo slice. Yeah, so Andrew's got two respins. John, you have a party pizza and an odds change. I have a respin and two party pizzas. Okay. Can you party pizza a party pizza? Remains to be seen. Yes. So, Andrew, please pull up the wheel. While that's coming up, I will say. I want grape jelly pizza. I've, I saw that. I agree with John. Salty, sweet grapes, not my favorite kind of jam or jelly, but I'm looking forward we, to grape jelly pizza. We do have a um, peanut butter and jelly still on the wheel too. So there technically are two jellies, mm-hmm. but one has peanut butter included, which might be interesting. So, um, yeah. Can you see any of those other ones, Chris? So if that's what you want, which ones don't you want? Uh, the one I don't want is, I can't even read those to be honest, you know, my prescription. I'm not, I, uh, fuck. I don't want anything normal, like the cheese, the normal stuff. I want something weird. All right. Well, hopefully, hopefully you get it. So, uh, since you are spinning, why not just call out when you want this bad boy to start, start moving. Ready, set, go. How many are we up to on there? Do we know? Uh, oh, yeah. Is that? No. I wanted waffle. Ooh, very nice. I'm not ground opposed beef. to ground beef. So the question is, would anyone like to use a power-up? 
None for me. Ground beef. I would go a little cheeseburger pizza here. Yeah. I'm gonna f- I'll, or I'll you fancy a little, maybe a little taco pizza. Well, I'm going to use a respin because Chris said he didn't want something regular. Mm. So I'm going to grant his wish and uh, give him a respin. So I'm going to say, here we go. Sorry, Chris. No ground Sorry. beef for you. No ground beef for me. What do we got here? Pepperoni, onion, and red onion. I love me an onion pizza. <laughs> so Actually, this is an easy one. This is going to be a good one, yeah. Unless onion, red onion, sees. and pepperoni. Yeah. Wow. I was really close to that. What that next one would not have been good. Yeah, I was hoping it landed on that. But so, I use. I'll eat an onion I, pizza any day of the week. Yeah, I'm actually really excited about this. I'm not going to respin you because I too am a fan. Uh, speaking of onion, too, not just onion pizza, but I was at the Western Idaho Fair this uh, weekend, and uh, there was a burger stand. Fair food is phenomenal. I love fair food. We've covered the best fair food or fair carnival stuff. I think at one point a snake draft. Yeah, I can't remember. I think carnival food we did. Yeah. Um, and I got a double cheeseburger, which I mean, for nine bucks all day long and twice on Sunday. Um, but they asked as the kid was walking away, he asked, do you want onion on that? And I said, yes. And it was literally a half an inch of onion, caramelized onion on oh. top. It was so good. It was so good. It made the fare bearable because normally I don't enjoy a million people and like, all the rides and heights and all this crazy stuff, but that burger was out of this world. So shout out to whoever that vendor was. It was delicious. And I think your piece is also going to be, yeah, your piece is also going to be great. I'll say this. I will vow right now. I'm going to make a homemade pizza for this. Get a long weekend with Labor Day. And I like, I like a lot of onion. I'm going to make sure there's enough onion on this pizza for how I like it. Mm. Very nice. Very nice. Well, Chris, enjoy that pizza. We'll see you next week. Andrew, now you and I get to participate in the next pizza bowl. So you will pick first as the loser from last week. I will pick second. Chris, you will read the question. And we have a total of 49 questions. 49 questions and random number generator says 1414. One, four. All right. The question is, if you could breed two species of animals together, which ones would they be? And note, John spelled two incorrectly. (laughs) He put T-O instead of T-W-O. So again, if you could breed two species of animals together, which ones would they be? Did I go first here? Uh, yes. Yeah, you do. Because yeah, I ate the pizza. Um, wow. All right. So let me walk through my thought process here. So animals that I like um, are usually fierce. Uh, they're very versatile, um, but also quite loyal. So 
species or animal one, I'm going with the dog, the Labrador retriever, if you will. Um, shout out to Porter. You know, he's still kicking. Great dog. Man's best friend, I would say. Um, why do I pick a dog? I just said why. Man's best friend. I mean, there's nothing in this world better than a dog when it comes to an animal. Tell me I'm wrong, Chris. Fucking tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> You're fucking filibustering to just buy time. <laughs> no. Dog is one. <laughs> Number two, what would make a dog better? Uh, if it could fly. So I'm going <laughs> eagle. I'm going an eagle as well because if if I need my dog by my side, need to pick me up, if my car breaks down, he could just fly over to me and pick me up. So I'm going a dog and an eagle, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say... If we're playing for pole win, I'm not sure you could pick two more like prestigious animals. Yeah. I'll save my comment for once John picks, but I have some things to say about that <laughs> combo. <laughs> um, I'm trying to remember the genesis of where this question was. I think it was because I was looking at an Instagram post where they just like Photoshopped. Yeah. Matched animals of, together. Yeah. Of like, dogs on like different things um so and dog and eagle is pretty good i think i would go whale i'm going humpback whale and i'm going a bird because a fucking and this is a flying whale think about that a fucking Flying whale would be out of con- out of control. You see that thing going around, and I don't know. I think that would just be the ultimate warrior, peaceful, but huge. So I'm going so I guess whale and bird. The question is, like, are we assuming that these wings are just going to be big enough to fly a whale? Yes. Yeah. Because I was like in my head, I'm like eagle wings on a dog are not going to be strong. You're just going to have a dog with wings on its back. No. It can't, They're big enough where you, you can't can get out of the water. fly. Yeah, my interpretation was like you take, it's not the physical yeah. shape, but it's like the, uh, what's the word? It's the uh, spirit behind the animal, you know, or yeah. the function. Jeez. So Fucking flying wings dog. on a whale. You know how big whale wings would be? Yeah. Huge. That actually works out too, because whales breathe air, so you wouldn't even need to like go in the water at all. <laughs> yeah, it just like it would be like imagine looking up and be like, "Holy fucking shit!" There's a flying whale coming at me. I mean, yeah, plane traveling by plane would be a whole another fucking level. Wow, whale, whale birds up there, like fuck. The but dumps imagine, that like, thing would take onto people. Yeah, what's yeah, house? What's house the we would, we would have to dumps. live underground. Wells spray out the back. You ever see the video of the shark like pooping yeah. on the people in the cage? It just comes out like diarrhea. Um, I will say, like, if you have issues with your dog, you know, sort of running away, <laughs> it's got <laughs> wings. You never yeah. see nothing again. <laughs> or it's on a leash and it just decides to take off. Yeah, or <laughs> just get dragged. Or that's the ultimate test of how loyal your dog is. If does it come back? Like if you love it, set it free. Put that fucking quote in my <laughs> my Twitter poll. <laughs> yeah. Well. All right. I not that I'm in the poll would do 
a millipede and an octopus just to maximize the legs. Wow. 8,000 tentacles. Just <laughs> imagine that suctioning across the ground. That's fucking wild to think about. Yeah. It's too many yeah. tentacles. I don't know. That's the word somehow. You know what's just imagine funny, that. that specifically reminds me of Attack of Big Mac when John talked about the little finger, you know, like the little yeah, oh, yeah. on your finger with a million fingers. He was talking about like fingers all the way down. This is tentacles all the way down. Yeah, just everywhere. Nice. Wow. I'm not sure I'm, I'm going to beat a dog and an eagle, but we'll see. Yeah, because you just said a bird, right? You didn't call out a specific type of bird, John? Yeah. Well, I was gonna. I was I'll like, back. that thing has big wings, and I was gonna go emu, but those things are flightless. Condor so gonna work. Condor. Also, yeah, but, way to just like take Andrew's flying something to fly. Well, I mean, uh, Chris, it's like obviously you're gonna fucking pick something flying. I didn't. Well, you're not. You're picking just for yourself. We're picking. <laughs> I would have picked that anyway. I think it's hard right. when you're in the moment. It is hard was, on the spot. That was, Every week that I'm not answering, I'm like, these guys are fucking idiots. And then when I'm when I'm in the spotlight, I'm like, no idea. You freeze. Yeah. I I think too. I like sometimes I feel like is a pretty good idea of who's gonna win going into this poll. This one I have no clue. It's hard to tell. Yeah. I was also thinking of flying lobster before John said flying whale, which clearly trumps a flying lobster. But it'd be funny just to see one of those things flying around. <laughs> and whale. So, yeah. Whale makes me think of... This is actually a uh, good question because it reminds me of our bonus episode. So if you haven't watched that, head over to um, anywhere podcasts are served or YouTube. You can listen to BO1, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem episode. Um, which, spoiler, there might be a whale in there. How would a flying whale land back into the ocean would it Belly dive flop. like a would it glide in or would it just go like straight down actually oh and cool. kind of like soften its landing it would be cool if it went straight down though like an eagle like if yeah. it was just like like one of those birds that eats fish that just fucking rocket speed straight down to the ground a whale going 200 miles an hour well that's what you should have said. what's that uh what's the bird the peregrine, peregrine falcon, falcon. That's what you should have said. Imagine a whale well, going 200 miles an hour. Here's a uh, comment about the dog eagle. Is uh, You know how dogs like to chase squirrels? They could fucking... The they could get the squirrel no problem now. They could just fly up to the tree, grab the squirrel off, and there you go. Yeah. A flying dog is... I think in some instances scarier than a flying whale. How so? Scarier? Yeah, it could be scarier. Like a dog, you don't know what dog's intent. Like a whale, you see coming. A dog can come out of nowhere. I said, I clarified, I said Labrador Retriever. Oh, yeah. Eagle. It'd yeah, just be like a wagging getting, tail yeah, coming out of you. this pole, you're getting dog and eagle. Yeah, which is fine. I'm just saying, in my mind, I'm saying man's best friend happy. who can also fly. So, yeah. We'll see who wins. We'll see who eats next week. This one, yeah, I have no idea. This will be one of the more interesting polls to see. It will. Uh, all right. Well, so that was the pizza poll. 
Um, Andrew, may the best, may the odds be ever in your favor. And now we will go into the outro. So, Chris, you will be hosting next week's episode, the Labor Day episode. Which is called Turtles, Turtles Everywhere. Wow. And Andrew, you and I will be co-hosts. Anything that you, anything, I guess what's making you happy nowadays, Chris? What? That's a fucking wild question. Uh, I'm actually just looking forward to the long Labor Day weekend. The weather has been incredible here in the Northeast for the last couple of weeks. So usually this time of year, we're getting roasted. It's been a cool, sunny 70 to 80 degrees the last couple of weeks. I'm looking forward to that. Very nice. I speak, speaking of Labor Day, has it gotten earlier? Like, I feel like Labor Day used to be later in the month, or do I just always mix that up with Memorial Day? First Monday in September. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm guilty. So, um, some call it the official end of summer. I'm not one of those people, but some people. Some do. would say that you shouldn't wear white pants after Labor Day because it's too. Uh, it th- Isn't that Memorial Day? Yeah, white pants. Shouldn't wear before Memorial Day. So you get Memorial Day to Labor Day. That's kind of your window. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Same with like usually pool season too. That's what they say. But anyways, so that was the episode. So thanks. You're not going to ask Andrew what makes him happy? Oh, didn't I ask? What makes you happy, Andrew? Uh, John's internet doesn't make me happy. That's for damn sure. Um, but mm-hmm. what makes me happy? Uh, I sent you guys this in a text: the Turnpike Troubadours, a great uh, little red dirt Americana country band, released a, their first album in six years, called "A Cat in the Rain." Ten songs. Uh, a couple of them are over five minutes, which is fucking wild to see nowadays. So, uh, pretty good. Their best album, no, but uh, I'm glad they're back. Life is better with the Turnpike Troubadour, so that makes me happy. How about you, John? What makes you happy? Uh, me, I got a new, uh, you can see a little ring on called the Aura Ring. It's like a little health tracker, sleep tracker, health device. So I got some stats on my sleep, my REM cycles and things. So I'm looking forward to that. So I just love like more more data about myself is great. John's so just nice. giving away to Big Brother. You're, you're dual ringing? You got dual rings now? Whoa. And you went fucking, fucking middle finger? It goes on middle finger? Well, it can go on any finger, but I didn't like it on the pointer because it was like kind of screwing with my utensils. So it it just was better on the ring finger. So I went ring finger. That's yeah, your I mean, middle, middle finger, finger it's on. Yeah. Yeah. Put it on your thumb. <laughs> Little thumb thing. No, so I'll I'll let I'll let the people know sleep how I'm sleeping. So there's that. Nice. Well, pretty sure I have sleep apnea, so I wouldn't want to do that. Yeah, same. You (laughs) might need to turn that off. Maybe that's why your internet's lagging is because your your Wi-Fi to your ring is slowing it down. John's slowly turning into fucking Mega Man over there. (laughs) (laughs) At least the stats. So, well, anyways, so thanks everyone for listening to this week's episode, the Randy Johnson episode, if you will. 
Um, we will see you all next week. So for Andrew and Chris, have a good week. And we'll, we'll see you next week. Cowbunga. Cowbunga. See you.